that's like all I feel like that's half of what I think about now. It's just like that'd be a fun podcast. That'll get me into stuff. I want to get into like more Marvel stuff. I'll just make a podcast about it. <laughs> then you feel obligated. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so I I almost don't even know where to start. This is a, a weird E3 for a lot of stuff, but we have uh, certainly a lot to cover. Um, we can we can just go through it in order of appearance. That's always the easiest way to go through it. We do that. EA Play, not a whole lot. Next. Stadia, Stadia, technically first. Stadia before that, yeah. Stadia Deets. Stadia, I. Did you pre-order it? I haven't. I you haven't probably yet. will. Yeah. But I haven't yet. I wasn't I wasn't immediately on my on my phone downloading yeah. it. But um I think the collection's fine. That price point is fine. I'm more interested in it next year from a consumer standpoint when it's free. Mm-hmm. And somebody can get it for free. And then probably something we'll talk about again when we get to Ubisoft's conference of I got it for free. I paid fifteen dollars for Ubisoft. And I play the whole Ubisoft library for 15 bucks on my keyboard and mouse on my laptop or with this $10 or this Xbox controller I already have that I just plugged into my computer. I assume EA play the same because EA was their logo was mentioned. They didn't mention subscriptions, but I assume um, their I don't know what it's called. EA plus or EA play, whatever their subscription thing is, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, I assume will be the same. So it'll be a good platform. Uh, yeah, like I, I knew this was coming down the pike and I was, I was pretty excited for it. Cause I, you know, I, I'm definitely a big believer in, you know, the idea that it's like, uh, Google started as a company, basically knowing that, uh, data isn't free yet, but essentially we can bet on storage being free or next to free. Same thing with Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's like Netflix got into streaming knowing that streaming's not here yet, but by the time it's a big deal, it basically will be. Uh, and I think this is definitely the next iteration of that. And you see it with uh, pretty much everyone who who um, had a keynote this past weekend talked about, or at least a few of them talked about it in some respects, the cloud gaming and streaming and different stuff, which I think is already clearly going to be one of the big differentiators of this next generation going forward. Um, I think, you know, this whole Xbox one PS4 era has been a little strange because I don't quite know what the, the tier that they were trying to get to. Like everything is clearly better. Like graphics are better. You saw the emergence of, um, much to Microsoft's chagrin early in the life cycle, more of like the always on console. Uh, and then you see the evolution of like kind of always on games and maybe that's not the right term, but like destinies and anthems and different stuff where it's like these kind of always evolving. Yeah. Games as a service, uh, kind of games. Um, but I think going into this next generation, there's, there's going to be a clear pinpoint as to what the goal is which i I think is exciting because we're going to see a lot of companies work to get there faster which will just end up being better for consumers total but yeah stadia it was pretty much what i expected um the destiny 2 kind of add-on is is neat uh i mean i'm a pretty big fan although i dropped off the past year um but really when i was thinking about the hardware i i was just sort of going through the keynote and or the presentation, and I sort of had a number in my head of like, 
This will probably be like 179, 189 of like the controller, 70, 80 bucks. Chromecast and whatever the service, however they do it. And once they announced it was 129, I was like, oh, I'm going to pro it right now. <laughs> like, yeah. It beat uh, the I, expectation in my head, which never happens for games. Like every game console, I'm always like, if Switch could get 199, they would take off like a rocket to the moon. And But it was 299 and it still sold really well. But I was like, there's these price points. I, I can see you just like taking over the world. And I don't quite know if Stadia is there, but for basically the plain cost of a controller and a, uh, a Chromecast, like a 4K Chromecast, uh, that puts me in an awesome spot. I, I think it would be great. I think it's time for me to jump on the 4K TV bandwagon. I think Stadia will just help move that forward. So I was excited for the service quite See, a bit. And, and I agree. And I think that the better part of it is beyond this year when they release the free version. 100%. Because, you know, you're talking about jumping on the 4K bandwagon. There's a ton of people that aren't going to jump on 4K yet. And then beyond that, a bunch of laptops and stuff don't have 4K yet. Or you might have just whatever kind of monitor. I know the hardcore is going to have the 4K monitor, but the casual player is not. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think people give enough credit to the to the casual player. Um, you know, so they're gonna if they see that they don't have to buy a console and they can still play Grand Theft Auto when it comes out or whatever. Yeah. So. My thing is more on the developer side where Stadia has. I know you said we saw the EA logo, but we didn't say, see any EA games. Their right. real consisted of Ubisoft and Bethesda games. So they got the, the two biggest third parties on board, but I didn't see Fortnite in their reel anywhere. And so that, I'm like... That was a great point once once you had... Uh, we were texting or whatever and you brought that up. That That's a big one, yeah. And so I'm very I'm very interested to see once this comes out and fully gets in the wild next year because I'll, I'll call this a beta period for the people who pay for, sure. the, yeah, for those totally. two months. And, and I want to see are these other companies that have released their own online store since we're having all the online store battles versus Steam nowadays... Mm-hmm. Are they also like, I don't know if Stadia is on our side. Maybe we'll be like, no, we have a store on on PC that we want people to to interact with and not use your product. Yeah. I, I feel kind of like, well, Fortnite wasn't there. I would assume you'd put them them in your reel somewhere since you're right. showing off old UB games and old Bethesda games. Um, I wonder if that's a matter of from a from kind of the PC side. Fortnite is it only available through the Epic Store and not mm-hmm. through Steam? Yeah, correct. So I I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of uh, an identity crisis of what Stadia is. Is it a console? Is it in the pool of consoles or is it in the pool of uh, Steam and other services? Because Steam has like Steam Link and different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I honestly don't know if Google knows what they want to be because. To your point, when this will really come to fruition um, next year, I, it feels like Google really struggled to to market it properly. I I personally sort of feel like it was a mistake to go in and talk about Stadia being a service for one hundred and thirty bucks, one hundred thirty, yeah, one hundred twenty nine dollars plus a ten dollar a month service for four K streaming. To your point that. Uh, I mean, I have, you know, quite a few tech items in my house and a Thunderbolt display and a lap, you know, a newer MacBook and all this stuff. And I don't have anything that's 4K right now. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. think my phone might technically might be the most 
pixel dense thing that I own. And you talk about TVs, laptops, phones, everything that Stadia is trying to get to. Most of that isn't 4K, which I think will help because some of the the news, like the tech journalism around it is really critiquing it for not being able to handle 4K or saying that it's immediately kind of outpricing the market who doesn't, who, who you know, the market doesn't all have uh, good internet. But if you can get stable 1080p or even 720p gaming with good refresh rate on 10 to 15 megs down, uh, I think people will be in a really good spot, especially if they're playing a lot of games that don't, aren't quite as um, Twitch based as other things like uh, basically shooters and stuff like that. Uh, I think, I think Stadia is in a really good place, especially if you just turn it on in the flick of a switch. Like it's that much faster than even game pass having to download a little indie Mm -hmm. title. Uh, I think that's a big deal. I think it is too. And I, if I was them, I would have marketed it just for next year and been like, Hey, it's free for 1080. And if people would have said something about 4K, I'd have been like, yeah, we have a 4K pass that costs money. It's yeah. 999. I think I mean, the only reason they jumped is because they wanted the jump by the end of this year. But well, yeah, and they I, wanted to give a prize because people can't. They they fear as well as some of the gaming journalists I, I see talk about of like consumers aren't going to get this no console thing. So they have to put a price on it. And I was like, that. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. If they said it's free, just open up your internet. Like, right. I, I think people would get it. I, I think I, I wish they could have leveraged the marketing just a little bit stronger to say in 2020, this is completely free. Uh, no console required. You just buy the game, which would be so huge. Because like you said, you can't discount the casual audience. Like there are so many people who buy Xboxes and Playstations to play Call of Duty and Madden or Call of Duty and FIFA or Fortnite and FIFA or whatever combination of those couple games mm-hmm. and to not have a console anymore and just have it, you know, right in your hands and then down to a phone and whatever else in between uh, is amazing. I, I'm really curious what this like next gen of consoles that, uh, you know, both parties like both uh, PlayStation and Microsoft are trying to get, you know, this huge all SSD hard drives, uh, super great CPUs and GPUs and stuff in it that are probably going to be... Uh, I have a hard time believing any of these are going to be less than $499. My guess is both of them come in at $499 next year. Um, it, Yeah, I'm in a place where even... you know, I, I love picking up new consoles and stuff, and you're probably more of an early adopter than I am, but mm-hmm. if I have Stadia and it's working well... And the PlayStation four is doing just fine to play, you know, a few other games. Like I could maybe wait a year or two, especially if it's going to take a while for the big, uh, you know, Sony exclusives and stuff to really roll in. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm excited to, to try it and play it and have it for when I, you know, I, I did hear a couple things that made sense to me. People talk about like, Oh, well, this will be great for traveling, but you then are at the beck and call of the internet at your hotel or something right. like that. And are they going to be able to provide that experience? Probably not. And but that's, supposedly, that's switch. Yeah. So. Supposedly it will not work with, um, pure mobile download because it's interesting. And another another point that I think is getting missed a little bit, but I'm 90% sure you can't use a DualShock controller or an Xbox controller because neither of them have Wi-Fi. The Stadia controller has Wi-Fi built in, and even the new Elite controller that Microsoft announced doesn't have Wi-Fi. And it's doing a bit of um, 
upload and download at the same time to a to your router essentially to bridge the latency gap which um i've heard some other gaming journalists who got to go behind closed doors even a month or two ago say that um and i don't remember the numbers off the top of my head so i'm sort of making them up but the the pressing a button on your on the stadia controller to the lag that you see on a tv is less than basically what even in generalized um practice results are lower than or equal to what a hardwired line would be uh yeah. it's supposed to be at least that's you know, certainly the goal so yeah. um and so and so you that's do need a controller you... with wi-fi is the point so there will be third parties and i know they said that it's open to more than just the stadia controller but i think that controller sort of is the ticket into the console environment in that respect From... From what I understand from what they said in their marketing, you can only use the controller if you're playing on a TV using Chromecast. It makes absolute sense. But from what they said um, in their presser is that you can use uh-huh. any existing USB controller on if you're playing on your PC. Oh, really? So, okay. So from what I understand, so there will be that that ability for um, the latency issue to come mm-hmm. into play there. But yeah, so... The, the way the controller works, uh, Wi-Fi directly to the data center instead of going through something that then goes and contacts the data center yeah. um, is why they call it the preferred way to play. Um, but they're trying to be open to everybody. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, th- I maybe just missed that. Um, yeah, that's a great point. And then that would make any, essentially any laptop, because all you're doing is streaming like, the mm-hmm. churn from the CPU on the laptop shouldn't be too much of a of a throttle. Um, that yeah, that that's exciting, and yeah. I'm really curious because even again, like the idea of the casual gamer, which as much as like I I think I love gaming news more than I get to spend time gaming, <laughs> and like I love just picking up small indie stuff as well as like the big hitters. Like I I loved God of War and you know some of the big stuff, but like I love just kind of the the indies like the small platformer kind of stuff. Um, and even Apple TV has is now in the iPhone is all are also both going to have full support for uh, DualShock Four controller and Xbox controller. Um, and theoretically any other controller, but you know, those are the two big namesakes. Uh, so now you're going to have full streaming on an Apple TV and then you're going to have this on the computer or on, you know, a computer or TV, or I assume right now they only say pixel, uh, the pixel phones, but Mm -hmm. they, they do mention iOS a lot in the docs and like kind of the, um, some of the footnotes. Yeah, so, I think they're just not, it's not ready to go yet. Yeah. So it'll be a next year type thing. So, yeah, my gut says it will come to iPad and iPhone somewhat soon, uh, which is awesome. Like, I'm, I, more than anything, I just love the idea that there's a true competitor that's coming in to shake things up. Uh, even though yep. it's Google, which, uh, you know, Google certainly has a, a lot of power to flaunt. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, you know, uh, I love the idea of of more competition, especially on in this kind of streaming stuff of you know kind of the way of the future sort of stuff. Totally agree. And so yeah, we'll test it. We'll let you know. It'll yeah, for sure. I'm sure it'll work. Uh, so and e- then EA Play was next. They showed yeah. some Jedi Fallen Order gameplay, and they talked a little Apex. Did you watch the Jedi? 
I watched all stuff? of it up. Well, I watched basically the first half. Yeah, I watched Jedi. I watched Apex. I watched what was next? Was it Madden? Was next? There was something like else Ma- Madden, in between. FIFA. Yeah, but yeah, I kind of kind of dropped off around Madden FIFA, um, which was interesting for them not to do a keynote at all, but uh, and do the sort of EA Play thing, which was different than I thought it was going to be. I thought they were still going to do some sort of formal one hour kind of thing, but which makes a lot of sense to, to the way that they did it, because especially games like FIFA and Madden, they're games that are like in the Sims are games that are big, but nobody, especially like the gaming audience, which I, you know, the gaming journalists are could care less, uh, could care less <laughs> or a little smug about that stuff. But you know, there are millions of people who play those. And if you're super into Madden, like, you'll absolutely sit down for 30, 40 minutes to watch a keynote about the the new controls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a cool way to not just have to blow past it in like a two-minute uh, thing in your one-hour presentation. Um, yeah. But yeah, what do you think about Fallen Order? Like this is the new, this is new Star Wars, which is hopefully going to get it right is at least what everyone's hoping. So from the gameplay, it's to me new Star Wars that very much goes back to old Star Wars. So it looks very yeah. reminiscent of Jedi Academy and Jedi Knight Dark Forces and all those games. It it way more resembles those. And then you have some what are obviously Titanfall elements in there with the wall running and things like that. Um, I did see a lot of comments about the Wookiee they show at the end looking terrible and it, he doesn't look good, but I think this game's going to be okay. It's not going to blow the doors off anybody, yeah. but it's not going to be a failure. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to me, I know other people think like a seven out of 10 is a failure. I don't, but <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's Jedi. Like I want a great story and, I know a lot of people are harping on it. And I think at, at this day and age, like it's totally makes sense to harp on, you know, another, the 10th Star Wars game in a row where you have a white guy with a shaved head being your, your protagonist. Like, uh, you know, I would like to see, w- would love to see things become non Skywalkery. Uh, well, and, and I tap think into the I- huge alien races that are around. And I think that's a problem what I've heard kind of multiple times with um, just, you know, Disney and Lucas. They're going to be like, "Uh, yeah, that's cool. You want to tell this different story, but we don't really want that. We want you to stay in the in the trilogies. Right. Can you bring your story into the trilogies? And so you have that canceled game um, that they were making with the former head, uh, former creative director at Naughty Dog. and that got canceled. And I'm sure a part of her frustration was probably getting confined by, you mm-hmm. know, the story elements they want. Where like, you know, this, that's the same people that probably are behind this decision to make all the expanded universe books non-canon. Like that's, that's, you know, part of the reason why, you know, KOTOR was so good. Cause it was just not connected to any of that. Just yeah. get it out of here. I think so. I agree with you. This, this game looks like it will be fine, but just, just watching it like it, it just looks a little bleak like it, not bleak in a in like in like a mood setting way like it, it just looks kind of it doesn't have any spark to it like it just looks kind of 
going to run through a cave corridor thing and they didn't really show off any open worlds or anything. And there's still time mm-hmm. for the, for, you know, new gameplay trailers and stuff, but it just didn't feel like there was a lot to look at. Yeah. And so that comes out in November, but Hey, I'd rather know what I'm seeing than um, buy Brink again at launch. So anything <laughs> that can show me what the game actually is instead of getting our hopes up and then shooting on something like that. That's Brink could yes. have been something. And been. I bought it and played it for <laughs> I, three days. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> so Xbox was next and they had a packed show full of a ton of stuff. This was Microsoft saying beforehand that they're going to bring it. They're going to be bold. They're going to capitalize on Sony not Six, being there. 60 games. 60 games they showed. Uh, and I was impressed. I And it all got overshadowed by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll say I, I'm always really impressed. Like I, I still love these keynotes. I hope that not too many of them go the way of the direct. And even when Nintendo does the direct and I know uh, Reggie's now retired, but like mm-hmm. I love seeing the people behind these games and you know, the faces behind stuff. I love seeing Corey Barlog at Santa Monica. I think Todd Howard is like, I'm not joking when I say he might be my favorite person to see on stage of anything. Like he, he, he can command a stage the way that like Steve jobs could. And I wish he got more time on some of these because he kind of like every other year once Fallout is big, he comes out for a long time and then he comes out for like mm-hmm. two minutes on other ones. But yeah, um, this is definitely a small one for him. this yeah. year. Uh, all that to say that I think Phil Spencer is is up there, too. I, I really enjoy his presence and his commitment to the communities at Xbox. I have to say, if he would have been the head of Xbox at the start of this race, this generation's race, it would have been a whole different ball game. I think but so. He was not, and so he has made a great turnaround with a ton of quality life improvements. One of them got a day one purchase for me, and that's the the Game Pass that they released with Xbox PC and yeah. Gold membership being fifteen ninety nine. I was like, "Yep, I doubt I." immediately upgraded and i immediately started downloading games and i was like i don't know what i was doing not having game pass but now it's on pc and here i was like yeah i'm absolutely in yeah what i had uh because i don't currently own an xbox one but i did have one for a year or two um and i just sort of burned out of all the games that i was interested in playing um but yeah having game pass is was amazing just to play again like you get to play halo and all the big stuff but then it's like you also could just play like Pac-Man DX, which I would never mm-hmm. buy for myself. And then you play like I found out there's a game called Hue, which is sort of a puzzler um, yeah. indie game, which I fell in love with. And I don't know if I would have been able to pick that up. And then, you know, just so many of those dumb games that you can play for 10 minutes and then just be like, I'm glad I played it. But, you know, uh, happy to move on. Like I played some yeah. stupid cartoon all-star baseball game that like I never got rid of because I was like, when I have 10 minutes, it's just a fun game to screw around. on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, which I love so game I, pass for that reason. I downloaded this and I went and started downloading games and I saw Marvel, uh, ultimate Marvel versus Capcom or, uh, the newest uh-huh. one infinite. And I was like, all right, yeah, my girlfriend loves fighting games. I was like, we're totally going to play this. And so I downloaded it and I was like, oh, this game's garbage. Cool. It's <laughs> <So I was laughs> like, I would have never bought this, but I got to know how bad it was and why they had, you know, a four minute loading screen for a fighting game. Right. You know, it was. Um, but yeah, when Game Pass first came out, 
I remember thinking, I was like, I know down the line, like this is clearly an indication that this is where Xbox wants to go. Uh, they need a subscription. Like all tech companies are getting more and more into subscription services and gaming clearly, as we're seeing is uh, no exception. Um, I knew it was just a matter of time before Xbox live and game pass fused. I, I honestly thought it would just become one singular product. Um, there's still some differences between there and there probably should be. You should, should probably be able to buy both, but, um, to do both of those and PC have it added with like a hundred titles is yeah, is amazing. Um, calling it game pass ultimate. I still think is a dumb name, but <laughs> besides that, I think it's, uh, agreed. Like it's the way of the future. Like I think that in their all digital Xbox, which, uh, I have no reason to harp on. I think it's purely just a market test thing. Like they just threw it oh, out yeah. there with another year left and just say like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Whatever happens, happens, and there's really no no harm, no foul if it doesn't do well. Yeah, you just can't have your first console come out like that because you have a ton of people that live, you know, in your biggest market, America, that don't have access to download a 80 gig game, yeah. you know, in a week. Yeah, today <laughs> still not, and especially eight, nine years ago, whatever it was. Oh, I work with people that have satellite internet. Yeah. So, like... It's it's not a thing like and I mean, I live in, you know, a metro, but I work with people that just live, you know, an hour or an hour and a half away from that metro that work at the same place I do. And they're like, yeah, I I I have to buy that. Yeah, (laughs) it's not something I can just download. Yeah, which is great for them to show like as much as I I don't care to buy discs. If I do buy game physical games, it's normally to kind of rent them like to know that i'm going to play them for two weeks beat the game and then sell it or trade it in or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah it you know still glad that it's still a thing um yeah where do you want to start with 60 games <laughs> or um, at least the we, keynotes we, or the we big can ones? we can start with whatever one grabs your attention i can i can read off some of these that i have on, down uh, on my list you just tell me is there any game you're more excited about than flight simulator you know what? It's actually not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, just, I immediately knew what it was and I was like, good, they should re-release that or they should keep updating that. I mean, farming yeah. simulator comes out every year. Why wouldn't <laughs> flight simulator come out to have it's, it's flight simulator? Uh, as soon as they, they talked about like it's integrating real time satellite feed with mm-hmm. Microsoft Azure. And, uh, a few episodes ago we talked about, um, Google's IO and Microsoft's um, the Microsoft build conference and how much Azure is getting enterprise play, how big of a thing it actually is becoming um, to blend that together. Like, and then just to have, you know, flight simulator be this game where you can tour anywhere around the world. Like I, I love the idea of that. Like that's the perfect game pass game for me to just be like, I have 20 minutes to wind down. I'm just going to fly a plane over, you know, over france and just go tour around a little bit and i'm sure they'll have some ways like i hope they have some like dummy kind of wallpaper mode where you just kind of let it auto go and you know just like pick a city like have it spin around seattle a little bit uh i'm actually really excited about that maybe in part because uh mario on nes and flight simulator are the two first games i ever played 
And I'm pretty sure Flight Simulator is the reason I use inverted controls. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, that one is just one of those like so out of left field, but totally piqued my interest. Like, obviously, it's never going to be a game of show, but was super excited about it and was happy <laughs> to give it a little bit of praise. Well, there was a, a giant surprise moment in my household then during the Xbox conference as well. I had a woman screaming at the top of her lungs uh, about Blair Witch coming out. Dude, so, that so, looks good. I spent the entire trailer being like, is this Fatal Frame? No. Wait, it could. No. Silent Hill? No. Oh, this is Alan Wake, isn't it? Oh, yeah, wait, that's no. That's what everybody thought. <laughs> so halfway. So yeah, that's the normal reaction everybody had. And in my house, we hear Black Hills Forest or whatever it was. And I just hear it's it's Blair Witch. It's Blair Witch. It's coming. They're making a Blair Witch no game. So, like, <laughs> so literally 20 seconds into the trailer, she is screaming with excitement. And then by the time they showed the person in the corner, she's just she's flipping out. So yeah, nice. that's going to be a day one purchase. And that's the other thing with this. All these Xbox Game Studios uh, games are being released uh, on Game Pass immediately at launch. Yeah, that day one blew, Game Pass. Blew my mind. And I was like, so I don't even have to buy gears now? Like, are you going to do this for everything? I'm just like, okay, well, I'm in. I think they are. <laughs> like, I mean, it's the same way with, you know, a Netflix original coming out, um, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, that game... It's probably too horror for me, but it looks oh, yeah. amazing. Layers of Fear. Um, so that company makes uh, Layers of Fear, and that game is uh, great, full of good jump scares. I'm glad they have a different story with kind of a known entity to seek their teeth into. I think it'll be really good. Yeah, I think it could be one of those like really good kind of cult video games, like mm-hmm. you know, just as much of a cult classic as the movie is. Like I could really see this taking off, and I'm sure it's such a great like. I can't think of a more iconic genre or not genre but uh property that could probably be so cheaply purchased if it needs to to use the ip because even i think um when they made that freddy game it or not freddy uh the jason Voorhees one uh Mm -hmm. i don't think it was like i don't think getting the ip rights is is as much as it would be for a lot of other things and i'm sure blair witch is even cheaper than that and this could be a really great game well, the, cra- the crazy thing, we're going to go off tangent, it's because of that Friday the 13th game. I was such a big on board day one with that game. And then, like, they have gone through terrible trouble trouble with the copyright. Like, I don't know if it's changed because I quit playing it a long time ago. But at one point, they couldn't update or patch the game anymore because the copyright stuff got all messed up with the original creator of Friday the 13th. Oh, really? So, yeah. It, it They've never taken it, had to take it off the store, but... They went downhill, but then you have a rival like Dead by Daylight that's like, we'll just shell out money for just to use their character in our own game. So right. their method's done way better. Yeah. So yeah, Blair Witch, I was super surprised about. And then um, Gears 5, we we got some stuff. I mean, it's it's about to come out, so they didn't really need to do much. They showed gameplay. They showed a couple new modes, the yeah. escape mode, things like that. Yeah. Gears is one of those games that... I'm glad I watched more of the pre um, E3 coverage and stuff and hear more people talking about it as they knew it was up and coming because I think that's one of those games that I I loved the first couple and then just it sort of got away from me. Um, And I think I've missed how great the characters have become and how much world building is actually in that game and how it's, you know, even though it's literally like ripping up demons with chainsaws, uh, it has 
a game where the characters have a lot of heart in them and a lot of backstory. And I think, you know, they tried to show that with uh, the like splitting heads and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I mean, just to have like on an E3 trailer, just like a, I don't know how long that was, 30 seconds or a minute of just this like the heads popping out and all this stuff as just a pure mood tension set kind of thing was (laughs) kind of awesome. Uh, and I mean, Gear, Gears has always done that. Even the back in Gears Two with Dom finding his wife, mm-hmm. like super emotional stuff. There, I think uh, they definitely find themselves being in the the cross between being zany with chainsaws and trying to deliver an impactful story. So yeah, um, we we got Cyberpunk. More information on that. Keanu Reeves is going to be in in it in some capacity obviously that's the surprise of the show the, and was great the mm. most insane uh teaser like uh like stinger at the end of a thing and then just going into the whole second half of the 2077 presentation which is keanu reeves yeah yeah i just <laughs> my the best thing i heard the best quote i heard during one of these like reactions to it was like they didn't need to do anything to make this game cooler like, <laughs> everybody's already in everybody's getting it but they're still like yeah let's put keanu reeves in it you know he's got the background of being a cyberpunk game he's got the film pedigree let's let's get him he works perfect and i mean to find the one guy that the entire world collectively loves like if the i can't think of anyone else if they would have been like it's matt damon people would be like why <laughs> like keanu reeves think- is just this perfect fit I think McConaughey gets close sometimes. That's a good one. Or like I just, uh, I just Elba or something like that, maybe. But (laughs) and a release date, uh, which is what May or March in the springtime. April, April sixteenth, April two thousand twenty. Split the difference. Uh, so yeah we'll get to it at the end but 2020 that first half of the year is going to be crazy especially with the rumors that have gone around about last of us 2 coming out in that window yeah uh, it's going to be packed with so many games it is clear that uh games have proven that you do not have to be a holiday buy like you can have games at any time of the year and if it's the right game it will sell just fine Well, a lot of the times I I go back to, uh, so I just beat Titanfall. I just platinumed that uh, Mm -hmm. this week. And um, one of the things that killed that game is that they tried to force it in the release window so they could have Battlefield and Titanfall come out to knock off Call of Duty. And what it did was it ruined Titanfall. That game, when it came out in April, it would have done gangbusters. Like people would have loved it. But yeah, you got to think about that. And so I think nobody cares about the holidays anymore. People are going to buy the games. And yet now every every IP that was announced that would have come out in November was all like, let's uh, get away from the holiday. Let's come out in spring 2020. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they got to think about what else they got coming out. So, I mean, for like, you know, the Gears is coming out in September. So that's kind of mm-hmm. covers the holidays. Death Stranding's coming out for PS4. So the holidays are covered and they don't want to put all their first party games against each other. But Cyberpunk, you know, they're the biggest third. I mean, that's probably going to be the biggest game of next year. That's going to be, yeah, that one's going to be massive. Um, Man, yeah, there were a couple. I don't have the list in front of me. There there were a couple indie games that looked really awesome. Uh, Ori in the Blind Four or Ori. Absolutely. It Will is like this one's Will of the Wisps, yes. Um, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised the only surprising part there is that it wasn't announced for like the summer. I feel like they've been working on it for so long. I was hoping for a, an early February release. 11th, yeah. So it's gonna be February a while still, 11th, yeah. 
Um, they announced the new From Software game that has George R. R. Martin helping with the script. Um, so if it's anything like his books, it'll be released in 10 years or something. <laughs> but Elder Ring, so they didn't really give much on that. Um, Outer Worlds, that uh, kind of started their show. That one um, looks that, pretty cool. That comes out in October. That's very much basically Fallout New Vegas in space is what it's getting compared to a lot right yeah, now. Yeah, like colorful uh, Fallout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody is, from what I understand, is loving the the backdoor uh, screenings they've seen as well as what's on the show floor. So I think that Ooh, game's nice. going to be good. Um, indie titles, I agree. They showed a lot of good ones. So Ori was obviously the standout of that style. Um, but also that 12 minutes game Ooh, to- yeah. totally had me. I was like, I don't know what. So we're just in this time loop. I was like, okay, I'm sold. Um, yeah. there's also that one with the deer, which again, my girlfriend was all about. She is all about, you know, taking her antlers and ramming a soda machine until <laughs> something pops out. So, and then, um, interesting to be at a Microsoft conference was fantasy star online Two. That and then the other, uh, what was JRPG? The other? Yeah, there was another game that I think is a is primarily a Chinese game that, like, for the first time ever, we're proud to announce with 650 million players. It's like yeah. what? Yeah. So um, they also had Dragon Ball Z Kakarot at the Microsoft conference. So that one kind of has me excited. I feel like I'm in the right place and right time to get back into anime and stuff a little bit. And an action RPG DBZ sounds good. It's different. Yeah. Um, the only thing I have problems with DBC games is that they just tell the same story. Right. Like, well, like that's DBC. The, the first Dragon Ball plus whatever. Well, I mean, now they're at least in Dragon Ball Super telling different stories. But I mean, yeah. for a while, the video games just were like, well, let's tell the Cell Saga again. Let's yeah. just let them go through them all. Uh, Way of so, the Woods is the uh, the cute deer game, mm, which looked mm. amazing. Uh, and then it Crossfire X is that what I again, I believe is oh, a yeah. Chinese game it's primarily a PC but, game yeah. yeah and now it's coming over I, they didn't show any gameplay so i have no idea what to expect but yeah cool uh they also show bleeding edge um which is going to be a new game from ninja theory who they've just purchased so we obviously assume that's going to be exclusive to xbox and pc um it's going back to their like melee combat roots yeah. kind of oh. looks like an overwatch uh, melee combat game yeah um, um, which is a big departure for what people kind of know Ninja Theory for now after uh, Senua's Sacrifice last year. So way, d- way different game, but it's kind of back to their roots. So we'll see how that does. I'm sure it won't come out until yeah. um, they, they put out. They're putting out a beta June 27th, but I don't think it's close to release. Yeah. And then Tim Schafer coming out to say that Double Fine S- is being acquired by Microsoft. Blew my mind. I have no idea why that happened. And I wonder how much money they offered him. I, I couldn't right? believe that. <laughs> you have to assume because like, they're like Tim Schafer for 20 years now has sort of been the, the pinnacle. Although they've had a very long relationship with Xbox. And I... I can't I, remember I now, believe but, that, but they also made a PSVR game of Psychonauts just for PSVR. So they played every side of the fence yeah. and now they're like, now we're, we're finally going to let somebody buy us. Like, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent, but I think Psychonauts originally was exclusive to Xbox and then it later branched out. Um, I could be wrong, I but I, I remember it clearly. They have, they're having an Xbox affinity, but, uh, Tim Schafer is amazing. Uh, he's another one of those He's great. I bet people I that bet, I just love. Yeah, I bet uh, that he got some Xbox Microsoft stock. Oh yeah, in that purchase. So, 
He also pops up in another one of these uh, E3 conferences. I don't know if you saw that one. It's one of the smaller ones. Was this the Devolver? Uh, no, he didn't pop up in Devolver. He popped up in Kind of Funny's um, conference. Oh, I didn't know they had a conference. Yeah, so they had a conference on Monday night. We'll get to it. I have notes on it. Sure, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, they had a conference in between uh, UB and Square. Yep. Um, yeah, it was like a 60-minute conference where they showed 60 indie games. So. Oh, that's cool. I, I didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah, so... Um, Anything else with the Xbox that caught your eye? I mean, that's basically Minecraft Dungeons was also announced here. Actually kind of cool. I'm a little excited. It looked for, great. I was super surprised as well. Yeah. Um, uh, especially with, uh, again, we're kind of retro, you know, retconning this, but uh, Stadia announcing um, Boulder's Gate 3. I loved Boulder's Gate Dark Alliance primarily like so much so i'm so ready for a dungeon like a true dungeon crawler like that yeah. uh and then yeah like minecraft was it called dungeon run or dungeon no just it's just dungeons? minecraft dungeons yeah yep. um i i've honestly never played a whole lot of minecraft i've just kind of poked around but i've never gotten into something super big like that but mm-hmm. i love like little cartoony games like that and i, yeah. I think dungeons would be a great fit it's going to be a perfect switch game. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, the the last big thing with Microsoft was just X Cloud, which they're still a little vague. Again, this kind of gets uh, back to way too vague. People <laughs> not quite sure what it's supposed to be. Um, but and again, uh, Phil Spencer, I've seen some interviews with him post the E3 conference. Um, him in him even going back to talking about like there are games and uh somebody from engadget had asked you know with xbox one and then xbox one x and then project scarlet like what are the timelines are we seeing every three three years and he he just kind of said look like there are still people who play games on the 360 um and i think that's awesome like i think we need to get to a place again this is kind of alluding into the game pass thing where it's like i think xbox and these people in all of these companies, especially considering the fact that consoles are normally a loss leader most of the time, uh, would love to get to a place where they can release a box every once in a while, but it doesn't really matter where you play. It's the games that you play and the platform. And if they can get, if they can lock down the platform and game Pass is that great of a thing. And if you have an Xbox, uh, there's no reason not to have game pass. Um, well, and that's, that's the whole point is I totally agree. The hardware does not matter to me. And the people that act like the hardware matters are just sorely mistaken. It is literally only about software. And that's why Microsoft has basically been considered the loser of this generation because they released maybe six. Okay. To good, um, first party games and then everything else is available on both. So, you know, and when you have halo five come out and people are like hardcore halo fans are like, that's not my halo. It didn't work. Yeah. (laughs) You you got a huge problem when, you know, I think might've been 2014, but PlayStation's goal at the beginning of this cycle was to try to release, you know, exclusives every three months or whatever. And I mean, you know, you look at last year with Spider-Man and God of war alone, it's just like, come on, Detroit become human. Last year for Xbox, Sea of Thieves came out and State of Decay 2, like, come and on. And fell it's, apart on launch, basically. Yeah. Although, like, yeah, I never got to play Sea of Thieves. I actually, it looked fun. It's on Game Pass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but the, yeah, that's a game that there's no way I would ever, it, that's not a $60 game for me, but I would, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's my point is like that those two games don't, don't really add up to what people think of as triple a. Yeah. And so if you're, if you don't have any exclusives, you can't do anything. And that's why they went out and purchased a bunch. Cause they saw what they had in games like Scalebound were not working yeah. and that they needed to go invest in some studios that were killing. That it. was and another so one. Scalebound went, was one it. that was promised for like two, three, four years in a row. And then it finally came out and it was okay. But then it was like, uh, this is like, or uh crackdown. Sorry. Um, crackdown. Yeah. Crackdown was the one Scale, where Scalebound got nixed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, finally came out and they're like, this is fine, but it's just like, we waited four years for this um, oh, yeah. for a game that totally you know reeks of last generation yeah and just going around blowing stuff up i'm like yeah. people want a story now like yeah but uh I kudos mean, to to the phil spencer and that team because they at least figured out how to correct a ship and said we're not even ready yet like you know we bought all these uh what is, what's the count now probably six or seven indie studios mm-hmm. now yeah uh in I say indie, but also like these are like AAA caliber studios. A lot of them, uh, you know, they're playing the five, 10 year game, not just yeah. we need to turn this console cycle around. Well, and that that was the interesting thing to me a couple of years ago because they weren't buying up anybody. And like, I think Sony's folded more studios that they owned in the past, you know, 10 years than Microsoft ever had until now. And so it's like. I don't know what what they were thinking because they obviously knew they wanted to go all digital and they wanted to just promote software. And then, you know, I you got to have studios to make software that's just yours. Yeah. So because at some point Google Stadia is going to be like, well, you can play all the third party games on our machine and you don't need to. Again, are you here <laughs> just... for? Yeah. Are you here for Madden and that one shooter mm. and that one other game? That's kind of cool. Like you can do that for yeah. free now. Just the cost of the the game itself um but yeah xcloud obviously has a lot to be seen uh they did say it's coming out live from kind of the server perspective so you should be able to play games mobile from a server but then you can also use your xbox one as like a server hub um still still a little confusing but i feel like i i can sense where they're trying to get to um and it will come more to fruition in the next generation. I think xCloud will, I think, well, my bet is that this will play a big part in the Game Pass suite of services now, including live and everything else. Um, and again, back to that that interview, I, I really liked what he was just saying that, you know, people can still play games on Xbox 360 and it's fine. Like we still support a lot of those games and developers do too. So we see project Scarlet as being a long-term commitment. And even though we all sort of see the writing on the wall, that things are moving to a streaming service, like people want a box, like people want in a lot of people need a box because streaming isn't viable yet. Uh, so we want them to have that box and we will continue to work on what we have, but we're also going to offer people uh, a chance to play the games that they love wherever they're at. And I, and it, that's such the perfect approach to it. That was so sorely missed, even though again, like we can go back to the, the first launch of the first announcements of the PS4 and the Xbox one. Like I was so sold on the messaging. I actually thought the messaging was great. Um, but I understand. So in the minority, I know, I know, (laughs) know. but they talked about like 
setting up sort of like a family ecosystem where friends and family could be on passes and you could like trade the license to games or sort of let people virtually borrow games and do all this other stuff. And like, and, and I would say that wasn't communicated well enough a hundred percent because the people that got it were totally excited for it, but everybody else just heard TV and that created a huge problem. A hundred percent. And just the fact that it has to, the, um, connect has to be on it has to be you have to buy it there's no other option not to buy it but it's gonna be awesome because we have this one Wii Sports looking game uh, which looked really cool and it was actually sort of fun but at the same time it's just like it, it yeah I understand all the hate it got <laughs> so they ended their press conference with Halo Infinity and said it's gonna launch with Scarlet infinite totally cool with that smart move have a big title big exclusive when you come out yeah um my hope for them is that it doesn't get delayed and then ruin the launch of scarlet so they better be on their game is that it is good (laughs) and they do right by halo things and give i hope they give you know again a solid story everyone wants a great story uh you know just just do all the right things give it great co-op local co-op uh online co-op give it uh, a very flexible, open multiplayer, you know, give it whatever sort of battle royale thing is going to come onto it inevitably, uh, you know, give it the the forge again, give it, you know, a way to play Griff ball or whatever the next iteration of that is yeah. like, just open it up for the people to do what they want to do with it and they will love it. And don't make the story revolve around a different character. That Somebody who's, cares about. yeah. <laughs> Um, next was Bethesda, which can we just call it the Doom Eternal conference? Pretty much. Which is fine with me because Doom Eternal looks great. So, uh, that and Blades. Yeah, I, I never played Blades on the phone. I don't know if I'll play it on Switch. I was just like, "Ah, mobile game going to Switch is obviously I get the one to one, but is it very good? Yeah. Um, it's funny though. I mean, they've, they've talked and they'd be like, you know, Again, we love making great games. We love making Elder Scrolls and Fallout and all the big stuff. But uh, people, more people have played mobile our Bethesda games on mobile than they have on consoles. It's like, why would we be idiots for not trying to continue to make that a good experience? And uh, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, I I agree. It's not really for me. I don't care too much about like the fallout shelter kind of stuff but uh i have no problem with them you know i've i've heard todd howard talk um he did a great interview recently on ign's unfiltered with ryan mccaffrey uh he Mm -hmm. talked about the different studios like they have like four different studios one of them is primarily um mobile and switch and then they have like one of them is primarily vr and online component for eso and then that got wrapped into fallout 76 and again, like Todd Howard actually did come out on stage, basically, uh, honestly, kind of to eat crow and I actually gave him a lot of credit for like coming out on a huge stage and just saying like, uh, we got a lot of criticism and it was completely deserved. And, and then, and then after that, they had the two fallout 76 guys that go out there to eat even more crow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, these poor guys too. Yeah. I was like, come on. Yeah, we get it. But like you guys have better player number count now than Anthem does. So, I mean, oh, <laughs> well, fine. More, like, <laughs> you mean more than seven? <laughs> Anthem came out two months ago. It should definitely have a bigger player count than Fallout As 76. somebody who actually bought Anthem and grinded all the way up to level cap. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, I we literally... had a conversation about that. I'm pretty sure I warned you. Oh, no. I, I knew exactly <laughs> what I was getting into, but I was like, uh, and, you know, it was a grind that was super repetitive, but it was not to say it wasn't fun. Uh, it looks gorgeous. Uh, I've never seen a game use verticality in its levels the way that it does. Apex Legends actually does some kind of cool stuff with its verticality and the levels of caves and mountains and stuff just everywhere. But uh, yeah, I, I hit level cap, grinded all the way through like two or three weeks, played basically the end game, which is once you hit 30, you can play the Grandmaster version of a boss. Uh, I basically glitched into a thing that was already halfway through the boss spent like an hour and a half hitting a giant bullet sponge, uh, finished that, took the disc out, traded it in. <laughs> I was like, I am done. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> and all that is to say that 70 fallout 76 has improved. Absolutely. Tremendously. And I saw all the features they brought, um, you know, were fine. I get it. People were upset at the beginning when fallout 76 was released because there was no human NPCs. It was just, robots and uh, laptops well it was That's just fine. glitchy it just sense. wasn't built out enough and again this is something in that interview they talked about saying you know it's just like we uh, kind of admitted like you know I'm not going to say that they screwed up because again it's the game is doing well like it's it's having a bit of a resurgence i think this game is going to be phenomenal in another year or two um once more modes come out and more stuff gets built out they just I think they missed the mark by not making it like an early access game. Not just saying like everyone mm. who's bought purchased Fallout 4 or anything else come into the early access. It'll go into beta. It'll do whatever. Uh, yeah. They tried to release it day one and it didn't have the server clout behind it and it just fell over. Um, but but I, th- I think their BR mode looks cool because it's actually incorporating Fallout gameplay. Yeah. Like the way Fallout is played, it looks like a different type of BR uh I, will it get me into it no i'm just in fallout for the fun stories and quests and stuff but you know it it looks a lot better than where it started i mean 76 is supposed to have you know i mean it is kind of supposed to be built on quests and as somebody you know i've said a bunch of times before but like i again i think todd howard is one of my favorite people to watch on screen like i love seeing those keynotes and everything i but at the same time I really don't care about Fallout. Like, it's not a very exciting game for me. I don't play huge open world single player games very much. Um, but I remember cheering when Fallout 4 came out. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I know I'm not going to care. I sort of feel the same way about Cyberpunk a little bit. I was like, this is amazing. I'm so excited to hear all about it. I don't think I'm going to have that much fun playing it. I mean, who has that much time to play it? That's what I'm. <laughs> Um, Bethesda did announce other stuff. Wolfenstein Youngblood coming out next month. Uh, a co-op Wolfenstein. Yeah. That's a cool shooter. Uh, looks pretty good. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo in early development from the studio that made Evil Within 1 and 2. Looks um, super rad. Oh my gosh, the trailer. I was like, if they, they can make the game look like this. I mean, Evil Within has been a very pretty game both times. And this this trailer, I was like, whoa. I was like, this thing looks amazing. Yeah. So. Um, I don't remember what Deathloop was. Deathloop was the assassin versus assassin game 
um, where when one of them kills the other one, the other one like basically respawns and they do it all over again. Um, so it's made by the same team that made Dishonored and Dishonored 2. Um, so the first person gameplay will be really good with that. I mean, that's kind of proven by their, their pedigree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they didn't show any gameplay They if, a little bit, but it's going to be a totally new IP. So I'm sure it's. <laughs> Hopefully it ha- won't have the same thing that happened to the Dishonored games where the people that play it are like ringing the bell for it. But the majority of people who didn't get it are like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Quit mm-hmm. telling me about Dishonored. I don't want to, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. That, that game's so good. I had somebody gift me Dishonored. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, no. And like you said before, the, this was all about doom and doom eternal. Uh, I, I think a little bit of ESO stuff, um, which again, like uh, ESO yeah, is a game I'm, I want to kind of jump into, I want to get started with. Get it. Hey, if you, if you want to play an MMO, I suggest ESO over all of the other, e- the MMOs, just cause the quest line is like, it is a game you can play as a single player and almost feel like you're not going to run out of content. Mm-hmm. So especially now, like now their content's out of this world. Uh, but even I bought it at launch on PS4 and it was amazing. And I ended up getting sucked into their PVP mode because it was the coolest thing I've ever played. Like nice. hands down the coolest thing I've ever played. But and that was uh, what, 2013 ish? Uh, I think 2014, 2015. Okay. I think yeah. they're in their fourth year on console. Nice. But yeah, and it's just it's gotten better since they've added things on console that you would need on a PC to play an MMO. Um, and that community is awesome. If you couldn't tell by the two guys that were just losing their minds during the, that part oh of the God, conference, those, I was like, I was like, these guys are too enthusiastic. Those but you two tell. people that, yeah, probably should have been removed or moved to the back <laughs> of the stadium. Like they were, they were cheering the most during the other stuff. But then when ESO came up, I was like, oh, this is the game these guys play. So I was like, okay. But yeah, yeah there's I a mean, point when you're in the crowd that uh, I don't know. Yeah, calm it down. Calm it down. You can't try. Um, you can't get competitive about being the best crowd person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but it, yeah, that was Bethesda's conference. Yeah, good. and then we saw. If you were confused by XCloud, uh, you'll certainly be even more confused by Orion, which is <laughs> its online sort of middleware. Again, this is more of a streaming, uh, helping you get things from. Uh, I assume your console onto uh your phone pretty much no from what i understand is it's going to be their version of uh software built into their games uh to a point to make the games have lower latency when you're streaming them so it's their way to help uh latency issues by the way they've decided to have their games run on hardware um so this is more like a framework that sits on top of the game yeah, this is something that users will never even get to touch. They'll just know it's powered by, powered by Orion. Right. So this is something super in the weeds that they're talking about. And that's where I, Bethesda has been part of everything that says they're going to be streaming. Because they're like, yeah, we're making our own stuff to make sure our games are good in streaming. Got so it. if it works, awesome. I hope it does. And uh, I mean, if it if it works how you know they're talking about it working, people are going to notice the difference when they start playing Stadia. And they're like... Huh, the Ubisoft games have a lot of lag, but these Bethesda games are perfect. Uh, that's <laughs> so, a good way of putting it, saying that it, this will theoretically be completely invisible to the user. It's mm-hmm. just pure software that sits on top of things. Um, yeah, so it's, 
uh, it's kind of their way of trying to help out streaming from the software aspect. So, you know, Google's hardware can also, and xCloud's hardware can also run better. So yeah. uh, it's a bunch of in the weed things that I don't understand, but basically the, what I got from is our software is going to be built in such a way that it makes latency harder. Okay. It's going to be hard to have lag spikes. So uh, I love that. I hope, I feel like they should probably get into that at like GDC or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they came out on screen E3. on stage and tried to show a girl playing on her phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but I mean, enough. if you can, uh, you can you can try to demo like Doom is the game to demo latency right. on. Yep. And I mean, yeah, there was no lag on her screen at all. And I mean, if it works as intended, perfect, great, yep. <laughs> all about it. Uh, I watched uh, about two minutes of the Devolver conference and then realized I don't care at all. <laughs> Devolver. Uh, so they've been doing this for three years now yeah. of these fake conferences and their conferences have built off of each other. So this was like watching the, the trilogy. It's, it's <laughs> like watching. Yeah. Like the scary movie equivalent to a gaming keynote. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, uh, the games, the games are fine. There were some neat indie titles. If I wanted to buy one of these, it would be Fall Guys. It looked like a competitive, co- uh, competitive four person like running up the hill game where like stuff's falling down on you and stuff. Um, so it looked fun, but the show overall to me was hilarious. It was making fun of directs, yeah. Um, and like their CEO had died from the last show. <laughs> Somebody like killed her from the audience, and yeah, it was a it was crazy. Yeah, this was the um, super, super colorful one. Uh, I saw a little yeah. bit of highlight about this one. This looks pretty fun. Um, the next two shows, I say, are the ones that I had the least highlights from. I don't know if you watched the VR show or the PC gaming show. I didn't see either, but I do know the PC one dove into uh, Boulder's Gate a little bit, but I think they weren't able yeah. to show anything or talk about details. I don't know. It was weird. Their interviewers were really weird. Um, they were trying to make jokes the whole time while they're interviewing devs, which I was like, like jokes about their game. I, I, it was very awkward mm-hmm. to me. Um, there's three that I picked out that I liked. Um, I will say the VR show was before that on, um, on, uh, like kind of a direct style, mm-hmm. um, presentation for only VR games. I think they got the idea from kind of funny who did a kind of funny game showcase last year and they worked with them a little bit to get a VR showcase. Okay. Nothing that I would play. Um, I, I own VR. I've owned PSVR from day one. Mm-hmm. I don't have a PC that can really run Oculus revive. So I'm missing out on that, that boat. So nothing really screamed at me except for they're making a sequel for Lone Echo. Uh, so Lone Echo 2, which is a beautiful VR game that is set in the, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you said Baldur's Gate so much. I was thinking Baldur's Gate, but it's the um, uh, uh, Ender's Game, I want to say. Oh, um, if I, yeah. I, I can't remember if that's correct or not. Uh, based um, on the screenshots I'm looking at, I would, I would believe it. So, um, but it has a single player as well as on multiplayer, uh, the multiplayer game, you basically play this weird sp- space, uh, like get the ball in the hole against the other team and you're trying to like slam dunk it or throw it through. So this is kind of the um, space war training game that they play in the Ender's game book okay. a little bit. And then, and then the story is, you know, you're lone echo and you're trying to, 
um, I think Get Out or something, but uh, the second one's a sequel to that. It looks great for a VR game, um, and I actually think it looks so good I don't have to say that. <laughs> um, there's a couple of VR games on PSVR that are uh, amazing graphically, and I haven't seen as many on um, on Vive and Oculus because some of the studios are smaller. But I, I would say there was nothing at the VR show that I was crazy about. Yeah. For the PC gaming show, um, three games came out uh, that I thought were noteworthy to me vampire bloodlines 2 was talked about which i'm totally gonna buy um that's kind of a cult following from the vampire the masquerade tabletop game they had a game come out in the early 2000s that was kind of this open world do what you want game as a vampire um and there's consequences to the decisions you make Mm -hmm. and so they're making a new one of that and they went into a little bit more depth about the story and kind of how the controls and how things will work uh, Midnight Ghost Hunt was shown at the PC Games uh, uh, show, and <laughs> it is a game where you play as either ghosts or ghost hunters mm-hmm. in a PvP capacity, and the ghosts can go into items in the map and like throw them at the ghost hunters and like run away from them and go into a lamp and then throw the lamp at them and then jump in the couch and hide, <laughs> like it. It looks ridiculous and fun. Um, so I thought that was pretty great. And then um, Telling Lies. Um, have you ever played the game Her Story? No, I don't think so. So it's a game that's, I mean, I would say it's even less than a walking simulator. It's kind of like this mystery game. Mm-hmm. Um, for Her Story, you're you're looking in this uh, police database about this murder. Um, this man dies and you're looking through this interview footage of his wife. Oh, and you can go I search this. bar. It's like the super realistic looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like film, film footage of this lady. Like it's all real. She's an actress, like, uh, you know, delivering lines of this camera, playing this, uh, character and you can search anything in the search bar. And if it's said in one of her videos, it'll pop up. So if you search the word love or dad or husband, like those uh, would pop up with videos that say that. And then you can watch the videos again. You try to piece everything together. Um, so a new one that's coming out called telling lies. It looks like it's filmed a bunch of different people. Um, and the first game I played with my girlfriend and we, th- we were kind of hooked. It was like an hour and a half and it was super fun. Um, so more from them, I'm all in, but that's really all I picked up from the PC gaming show. Nice. That one looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then on to Ubisoft. Limit before Ubisoft was another small conference. All right. Um, for something that I don't think you're into, um, as much since you're the guy that kind of buys a game and then trades it in once he's, uh, beaten it. Um, but limited run games had a press conference. Okay. Um, have you heard of limited run games very much? No, not that I recall. So, So basically they'll hook up with an indie or a developer that released a digital only title. And then they'll be like, Hey, do you want to do a limited run of a physical version of that game? And so, um, they are basically, you know, they produce, uh, games in like limited quantities of like 3000 or 3,500, um, for games that never had a physical release. Um, so it's kind of a fan service thing. So are they trying to be like collector's editions of games? Correct. Like, and usually they don't have like super additions to anything. Um, they did have one, which I'll see if I can round up, but they had like, they're going to do a night in the woods, physical, um, power Rangers battle for the grid. Um, Transistor, which came out a couple years ago, yep, yep. Rogue Legacy. Um, 
Cool. Uh, like Red Faction. So uh, yeah. they're going to do an upgraded one for the PS4. Um, some old Sega games are releasing ones for, like Corpse Killer. Um, and then the biggest thing of note that really caught my eyes at the end, they announced a partnership with LucasArts. Um, and so they're going to bring the Bounty Hunter, um, Star Wars Bounty Hunter game out on June 28th. I think you can already pre-order it. Um, to what but console? It shows PS4 on here, okay, so I don't so know what other new stuff. what other concerts. Yeah, Got it. so it's going to be two new stuff, but they also showed a ton of the old PC games, um, like I want to say Tie Fighter, Jedi Academy, um, Dark Forces, Jedi Knight, like all that stuff. Republic Commando. It's so cool. They showed yeah, all so of those. literally physical physical versions mm-hmm. of a game for like Curse of Monkey Island and uh, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of old or like uh, like guacamelee or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I love so this. they're they're a really cool company. Um, but they they went through a ton of games. Um, they have a bunch of Switch games. They have kind of a big partnership with Switch of releasing stuff out. So like Turok and Turok Two are planned for Q three of two thousand nineteen. Um, so and then uh, Real Mist is going to get a release on Switch, which I had no idea that they were going to release the Mist game. On switch i thought that was crazy awesome. but yeah some other other titles like super meat boy and stuff like that um so they had a a real cool they have a good list on the uh dual shockers site so if you go to dualshockers.com and look up limited run games e3 uh it'll give you a rundown of everything yeah um, nice but i'll have to go back and check that one out i just i feel like this yeah. would be a really cool uh presentation <laughs> and, and since they're just kind of a low budget publisher, they release, you know, stuff for the collectors and the, the hardcore fans of a game. Mm-hmm. Their press conference was uh, an in-between of a conference and a direct. And it cracked me up. It was super low budget. They were on a <laughs> fake stage like like it was all green screen. So it was like them standing on this obviously green right. screen like cinema. And then they would just have a bunch. They had a bunch of fake, you know, you know, fans and like a PS2 sports game. So a bunch of fans <laughs> that looked like that in the in the stands. And then they would have like one person that was real. That was also behind a green screen, just like clapping and going. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's the perfect balance of completely tongue in cheek <laughs> and trying their very hardest. And it just wasn't there. <laughs> At one point, one of their like co-founders' head was on like a fake switch, like as the screen, and I was like, "It looks like Zordon, like a terrible <laughs> version of Zordon." And I was like, "I was like, but I'm so I, they're trying. It's so great. It's so amazing. yeah." And then, and then we get to Ubisoft. What were your thoughts? Yeah. Um, to be honest, this is one of the ones that I. I unfortunately feel like I noticed a lot more of what was missing than what was there. Um, we got a, we got a lot of ghost recon. We got every shape and style and size of ghost recon you want and Tom Clancy and different stuff. Just Tom, Tom Clancy in general. Yeah. It was Tom Clancy day, (laughs) but they started off so well with Watch Dogs three. I did not buy Watch Dogs 2. I played through Watch Dogs 1. Was not, I was like, this yeah. franchise isn't for me, whatever. And then all of Watch Dogs 3 that they showed, I was like, yep, I'm in. I didn't, when I heard the rumors that you could play as any NPC, I was like, I don't understand how that works. And then when they showed it, I was like, yep, makes sense enough for me. Uh, I'm in. I don't, the part I don't understand <laughs> is why that's exciting. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> 
I think it I think it works well with the story of what they're trying to do with like create a rebellion and you can play as all of these multiple people sure. and see kind of what uh, supposedly the NPCs that you can play have an origin mission. And so you see what each of them ties into them wanting to rebel against this kind of authoritarian state. Right. The regime um, post Brexit London, mm-hmm. like clearly yeah. surveillance state to the nth degree. Um yeah, so I think I think it makes sense to see like the overarching themes of a resistance and how like everybody's affected and they're all in it to do stuff. And then I think sometimes Ubisoft just like, hey, this would be fun. Like, right? People people love playing games their way. So if we give them a chance to make, you know, people love character creators, but now they have like a squad creator, and if they want to make a bunch of grannies that fight <laughs> this battle, they can't. Which I mean, that that part of the thing is what sold it for me. I was like, this is just dumb fun it fits in well that they're sort of chipped a little bit so like you could technically like it makes sense how you could take over somebody like just by like i don't know fighting them or like implanting a chip in them or whatever um it feels like a game that if i were to you know if i were to bet on how it's received once it comes out it will uh you'll be able to take control of anybody in the open world. And I imagine this will have a really amazing open world. Uh, London's a beautiful city and all that. Uh, I wonder though, if you're going to be limited to like the six to 10 people though, in the campaign and be like, what we really need to do is find Jason, get Jason to this point, And then that's when the, the mission starts. I'm really curious how they handle the actual storytelling and the mission itself juxtaposed with the, you can be any NPC you want. And I feel my thing is, I think if they're going to double down on this whole playing anybody thing, they won't have story missions that tie into characters outside of their origin mission. Like, it'll be like, we just need you to hack in and kill this guy or hack in and capture this person. And it won't have to be like this overarching story. It'll just get you to the point of like the people have now overthrown the government. Mm Um, and we don't have to focus like it's talking about the resistance and not like these individual people. Cause yeah, if it's shoehorned into like, yeah, you can use the granny to find David and now you're going to play as David for four hours. Right. Like, uh, yeah, that is, that is not going to be, or I, I imagine they would, um, they would switch it up pretty often, but I'm, I'm curious. I wonder if you can make a compelling story that is not about, about the char- movement. It's about the movement, yeah. not a character. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what it's trying to deliver on. Um, but can we talk about the new sensation that is Roller Champions? <laughs> totally in. It looks totally pretty awesome. To this. this is like the new, this feels like a, you know, the spiritual successor to like a, um, Rocket League or something like that. Yeah. Everybody's been making that comparison. I mean, they're totally different, but I was just like, this looks like dumb fun. Yeah. And if it's price pointed well, I'm like, this is not a $60 game. Do not try to make it that. Oh, so for sure. You release this for 20, 25 bucks. I'm in. Or I'm in. a part so of they, the Ubi Plus, Ubi Play Plus. What is it called? Of course it will be. Yeah. You uh, Play Plus. You Play Plus. Yes. So U Play is the normal um, thing you have to sign into. And then U Play Plus is the $14.99 subscription to all new and all the entire back catalog of Ubisoft games. Yep. So, and that's going to be only available on stadia. (laughs) Oh, there's no way, right? 
It, uh, Phil Harrison was sitting front row, so they made a point to talk to him during that conference and talk about their partnership. So I do not think that service is going to be available on Xbox or PlayStation. I think it's only going to be available on like wow. PC and Stadia. I, so I don't, I don't, I don't think another system is going to have like access to UPlay. That would be insane. Outside of stadium. I so like obviously they'll let PC on, people on PC play it through their UPlay store. Right, right. They'll let people sign up for it, but if people have Stadia, they can also use it there. Mm. Is how I mean. I thought it was very blatant by him sitting in the front row, them talking to him. Also, super like, awkward because they for... never once mentioned that he's the guy from Google Stadia. I don't think. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I only know the bald guy because he was on the other direct that I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect but yeah and then so that's very interesting i'm just waiting for bethesda to announce their own service because it just seems like that's where we're going it's gotta happen soon um, that that every publisher will make their own service um and then sam fisher's back not he's really here we're finally <laughs> he's in a he's in a mobile game nobody wants <laughs> <laughs> he is in some elite squad mobile game uh no although i think if i remember right most of the splinter cell rumors were kind of um kind of smushed out so there's a pretty good sense that there wouldn't be but uh yeah yeah it, i i would love to play another splinter cell game um, they also announced a part of their Tom Clancy block, uh, this rainbow six quarantine was it, which is going to be a co-op only game, like a PVE game. That's going to be like the sister game to siege. Yeah. So this is the point in E3 week that I went, what, what has happened and why is three player co-op the big thing now? I know. Where did three players come from? <laughs> I have no idea, but this is just taken over apex this game. Every other game, basically, that was talking was talking about three player co-op. And I was like, yeah. when did this when did we switch from four to three? I was I was so confused. This also gets me into um, I'll wait. But this gets me into one of my major um, thoughts on like what the next five, ten years of gaming looks like. And all of these different Rainbow Six titles uh, feeds into that. Um which uh, I guess basically we're sort of jumping the shark here, but one of my That's big fine. takeaways that I think will happen in the future is that basically this comes from a couple of different places, but I don't think games are going to try to get into uh, any game as a service w is going to get away from numbered sequels. I think a game like destiny I think in their hearts really, really wish they were never destiny Two. I think they want to be destiny the whatever and we see this with rainbow six now like i think it's just going to be from from here on out it's just going to be rainbow six quarantine rainbow six this, rainbow yeah. six tagline i think call of duty going forward you're just going to see call of duty uh and then call of duty add-on and then call of duty this and you can buy it for this little thing or you could buy the call of duty subscription it's five dollars a month it's whatever but you're only going to play call of duty not the next big not black ops 2 yeah. or whatever like i think all of these games as a service are gonna get closer to what I guess kind of the wow model is where it's like World of Warcraft, uh, Cataclysm, and then nice. whatever else, mm -hmm. and Mr. Pandaria, and you'll be able to jump on these different things. And Destiny or Bungie has been talking a lot with all their Destiny coverage, um, talking about like their break from Activision and all this, saying that you know they they said a few things that I think are both cool, slightly have me worried. Where they said, like, now you can come in, you can play New Light, which is their free basically destiny 2 for free 
And then Mm -hmm. we don't want to force people to have to buy the huge new thing because not everyone wants to do this. You know, maybe they just want the crucible multiplayer maps or they just want to do the new expansion or just the raid, which everything's going to be all a a little dicey. If it starts getting like, Oh, that's $5 for this $10 for this $10 for this. That'll start getting a little weird. You split your player base and then we've seen what happens when you have multiplayer maps come out for a game for sure. And it just rips apart your multiplayer base. I, I don't know. I was I was fine with this. If they're wanting to see if this quarantine can work as just a co-op game, I don't think it will. And so they'll just go back to being all in with Siege because I don't know how many people are just going to want to play a co-op game over and over again. Or, I could be wrong. Probably am. Or again, like you just um, the, you start up Siege and then quarantine is just a mode. And it's, you know, it's sort of blurring the line between like what's a mode and what's a new game and different stuff. But yeah. I, I think it's cool. But they, they announced they've announced quarantine to be a brand new game. Right, right. That's, just gonna be co-op focused so they also announced god and monsters but did not show anything of it it you know okay we just saw the cg trailer um yep yeah this is weird like i i keep having like i i see the game and i'm like this is this wants to be legends legend of zelda epicness but i'm afraid we're gonna get closer to like ocean horn or one of those little mobile kind of cutesy games but then i keep having to tell myself people loved ocean horn People love. Oh yeah, it. but I just like like the scale of it being like <laughs> yeah, this. Fair enough. Yeah. It's like, but it's Ubisoft. Like it's uh, Assassin's Creed people. Like they could make a huge freaking world for this. Um, so yeah, I'll have to see. Uh, this one looks pretty cool though. I, I'm really excited for this. I would love to see you know not only just more mythology, but and then like new custom mythology. Um, so this one I'm actually pretty excited about. Awesome. And then no, uh, no, uh, beyond good and evil, which they said, um, last month, they yeah. said they were going to have a, uh, just a stream about the updates, um, on their Twitch channel. And I think that already happened or it came and went mm. or it's happening in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, they said they weren't going to do that because, you know, why would you talk about a game that you announced way too early? Probably right. <laughs> at every E3. And then people just get in the way. Also, so. no. Um, who came on last year? Was it Ryan Gosling or somebody? Or uh, who came on last year was talking about the music thing and like you could add, add your custom tracks in the Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, it was um, hit, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah no, no mention of that anymore. I think people were like, wait, you want us to make your music for you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was Ubisoft. Do you have anything else left for them? Not really. Another streaming service. Uh, big games, but they definitely seem like they're... Oh, again, Watch Dogs is a massive. It's going to be their huge AAA game, but uh, yeah. it seems... Felt, this one felt the most kind of in-between year-ish to me of, of I would, I would of agree them. for them. Um and then division two dlc which i haven't played any division two although it looks cool it just it doesn't i don't know i don't feel like jumping into that necessarily um i do love though like with uh, gods and monsters and the um roller champions like i love that ubisoft is still willing to just be like we have assassin's creed we could just do that a hundred times or let's make 
a roller derby game or let's make steep or something like that and like steep is a lot of fun like i i love just kind of screwing around in that game um Mm -hmm. you know i i love that they still have a very creative route to them and are just willing to like yeah let us see what happens yeah um so next was that kind of funny, uh, kind of funny games showcase I was talking about. So sixty indie games um, that they had in kind of a direct style. Um, some of the notable ones they talked about: The Walking Dead's uh, episode three. Um, this this uh, video starts out with Tim Schafer um, trying to do like an inspirational talk, and then he gets cut off by Greg Miller just yelling at him, and he's like, "We have sixty games to do in an hour. We don't have time for inspirational <laughs> speeches." And so he just tells Tim Schafer to shut up. It was pretty funny. Uh, Super Meat Boy Forever, um, Toe Jam and Earl, um, some other that's Switch awesome. games. Uh, they they ended their conference with a game that's made by somebody in their community. It's a game one guy has been making for, um, I guess, yeah. a couple of years. Is this Tunic? It, no, it's called Adam's Ascending. Okay. Um, it it's kind of this space game with a with a child. Um, that like gets on an escape pod as his dad's still in a ship that blows up and he falls on this alien planet. Um, it looks, it looks promising definitely for being made by one guy. So I was very surprised by that, but that's what they ended on. Um, but they, they had a ton of games, Conan unconquered, um, random titles, like when ski lifts go wrong. So just like, uh, there's a ton of stuff. Uh, Geek Culture has a good article write up on everything that's uh, here for it. Nice. Um, so yeah, just giving you some different uh, games, some of the smaller titles. Yeah, I, I um, wish that would have been more publicized. I wish I would have known about it. Yeah. So they had this same conference last year, just in the middle of the year, because they were getting contacted by smaller devs a lot. Uh, so they're like, "Well, we'll showcase your game, sure." Like. Tell me why you're why you'd like to do this. And, you know, mm-hmm. so they have all types of different different games on here. Nice. So, um, yeah. Also, Tunic um, but, is a, a game by another solo developer, but I think it's going to be exclusive to Xbox One and uh, in, at least on console. Uh, Tunic is sort of this adorable looking Fox Legend of Zelda ish looking thing, but it looks so pretty and it's by a single developer. Uh, I think outside of some music scoring, but uh, that one looks phenomenal too. But I don't, they didn't show it. I think they showed it last year, but there's no uh, timeline as far as I'm aware. Um, My random pick as of going through this list is going to be a game called Boyfriend Dungeon, uh, which looks like (laughs) a dating dating sim full of swords and uh, crazy dating madness. So yeah. And then we got to Square Enix which was longer than I expected it to be. A lot of stuff. So much in. longer. And if you thought there were 400 uh, Tom Clancy Ghost Recon games, wait till you see all the Final Fantasy games. It's, um, it's not even that. They just kept going with other JRPGs. They're like, remember this classic? Well, guess what? <laughs> Here it is again. And I was just, I was actually amazed, like, because I'm not a JRPG fan. But if I was, I would have been in heaven right. during this conference. Because, like, everything that they were showing, I was like, this looks good. The remasters they're doing look good. So they announced the Final Fantasy VIII remaster, which, from what I understand, has been in turmoil and never really remastered because of some of the copyrighted music it has Hmm. if i'm if i understand what i read correctly um the uh final fantasy 7 remake 
first disc of how many they don't even know they've literally said that since the since Such everything a that they crazy even... yeah so this first boy there yeah there's so much to unpack just on this game alone like i think it was but it's first it looks so good teased in <laughs> three years ago four years ago because yeah, i ago. went no. this was the year that sony showcased it and i went to a movie theater to see the show the sony showcase Whatever, I forget what they called it, where they did the, the live thing in a theater. And uh, I literally, this is the first time, you, you talk about the guy from uh, Bethesda screaming. This was a game I seriously remember because they it took a while before they showed Cloud's sword. And the yeah. whole time, there's this guy like 10 rows behind just going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> like I've never heard somebody like pain happy scream the way that i heard whenever cloud sword first came out <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I mean it looks it looks great um the combat seems really awesome uh but yeah so they don't know how long this is going to be and they said the first game which has a release date of 3320 yeah um so march 3rd is going to have two blu-ray discs full of content and most of that seems to be on the first place you go in the original game, Mid, uh, which is like, tw- yeah, Midgar, yeah. which is like 20 hours of the original game, which is like almost a hundred hour game. So uh, who knows how much content? Because I think what happened was they got in there with the new stuff and then they were like, well, we can expand. Yeah, we can show more. And so now they're just like. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this George Lucasing up their baby, so they're adding <laughs> stuff and like, yeah, what about the dinosaurs in here? All this CG. Do you guys know about CG? Like, so I I mean, hopefully it all works out. I mean, I'm totally gonna buy this and play it because I love the yeah. fighting style of 15, and it seems more. Uh, this one's gonna be more that style or even Kingdom Hearts style. Um, which uh, has my attention more than turn-based. So I'm totally going to play it. It looks fantastic, but who knows if this game will ever get finished. It could, it could <laughs> go down that route. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about this, and I've never really played a whole lot of Final Fantasy games, to be honest. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever played more than two or three hours of any one Final Fantasy game other than Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced on the on game. <laughs> well, there you play. go. Um, well, don't worry. We'll we'll talk about a Tactics game when we get to Nintendo. But so. this is, I'm so yeah, I'm really jazzed on this, and it felt yeah. like they really they kind of showed all their cards here again, like even to the point of saying like we're not even sure how long this game is gonna be, but we so we literally have to piece it out. Um, yeah, but truly, which, is cra- which shows you how much they've gone into this game and been like, oh, we need to expand Midgar. Yeah. We need to make all this stuff more and do a lot story and this and that. And I'm just like, well, if that's how you're doing this, that means you don't have an idea of where the next game's going to be. And you're going to start just digging in that one. And so there's going to be like a 10 year process just to re-release this one game. And just showing <laughs> how this is a true remake and a remake is a new oh, yeah. definition upon like remaster because final fantasy remaster is coming out and it looks fine but it doesn't look new like this seven remake looks amazing yeah Uh, pretty excited about it so speaking of remake they (laughs) they get to avengers at the end um they also talked about a game called outriders which i thought looked interesting but we didn't see anything of it like i liked the graphics they showed of it of like you're in this weird 
Earth or weird planet with these crazy creatures mm-hmm. and you're going to fight them. Cool. Show me gameplay. I'll be I'll be down to look at it. But then they get to Avengers and then immediately they're, they have to say with a caveat. Now, this is Crystal Dynamics reimagining of the Avengers. Like, I don't know if people thought that they were going to get to see Robert Downey Jr. Right. as Iron Man. <laughs> But so far, I've I've read articles about this and watched videos, and I've heard at least several people say it was kind of an uncanny valley moment when I saw, you know, Iron Man with like this new face and voice and is kind of really offsetting or just didn't seem right. I was like, really? Because Spider-Man came out last year and you had no problem with it. I was like, right. what are you talking about? Th- these are people like, who have <laughs> never read. Like, if you look back at the, at the comics, like you read through even yeah. new comics of Avengers and of mm-hmm. the uh, Infinity War stuff. It's like, oh, Doctor Strange kind of looks a little strange. Yeah, he. it's not quite the same. And oh, yeah, uh, Iron Man yeah. doesn't quite look like Robert Downey Jr. It's like, of course not. Yeah, I, I don't understand how that became a talking point and why people were saying it. I was like, okay, and can you not? Downey Jr. is, he has made so much money. They they have gone hand over fist to pay him $10 million, oh, yeah. $15 million an episode, uh, a show or a movie. Like, there's, <laughs> there's a reason Endgame happened a certain way, and it's mm-hmm. to write out certain characters who don't yeah. want to be there anymore. <laughs> So the the cast that they got to play all these is like top notch people. Oh. I mean, Travis Willingham has been playing Thor for like five years now. You know, like the cast that they have is awesome. That um, Nolan North as um, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Stark, Tony Stark, uh, yeah. Laura Bailey as Black Widow. So like some of the critical role cast again, uh, Travis. Yep. Uh, what's his last name? Um, Willingham. Willingham. Yeah, as Thor. Um, I don't remember the other two off the top of my head, but. Uh, so, um, it's, uh, Troy Baker as Hulk, That's right. who, who plays, you know, the Joker in one of the Batman games. He plays, yeah. uh, uh, Joel in last yeah, of us. Huge, He's great. Huge the only person I don't know is, um, the guy playing Captain America. I don't know what he's been in. Yeah. That was the first time I've heard but his name. Such a star studded cast like, for voice acting. It seems like Captain America dies in this game very early on. So that'll be interesting. Ooh. Um, so that's I, I like the story. the The gameplay looked fine. It didn't look polished. Yes. My, my only thing with that is, you know, when you know a developer's making a game, you're going to compare it to their last game. And so they didn't make the last um, Tomb Raider because they've been working on Avengers, but they made the two before that, and those were gorgeous games. And I did not think that this game and what they showed looked better than those first two Tomb Raiders. No, And so I immediately was like, oh, well, this should look better than Tomb Raider. And it does not. Yeah, it just so, looks kind of muddy. Like it it looks yeah. it looks like a like kind of like a remastered PlayStation 2 game. Like it's a little better, yeah. but it it just felt really flat. And there's a fidelity issue that's that they must have had because it just yeah Yeah. and Um, on top of there were all like this game was was no secret like everyone knew this game was coming out um but Mm -hmm. nobody knew what the game was and i still don't think a lot of people know quite what it's supposed to be people thought it was like a big kind of open world mmo or not open world but like almost an mmo kind of thing where you could play almost like dcu online or something like that and you could be anybody but it was it going to be that or a linear just of the four avenger or five avengers you know it's like all that different stuff and it still come out like i don't quite know what this game is 
so they've expanded on that uh, since the trailer. Um, there's going to be a hub world um, where you uh, pick your team and pick who you're going to be. And you like, go out on a mission in like these medium sized worlds and you play out missions. And so with that thought process in mind, it makes sense when at the end of the press conference, they talk about future content where they're going to release more Marvel superheroes that are part of the Avengers with more maps and things like that. Mm. So there's going to be like a hub world and you go and do missions with different characters and things like that. Um, so I'm sure it's going to all connect story wise, um, but it kind of gives more basis on what's actually going on. Yeah. So, um, that, oh, geez, we have all of Nintendo, <laughs> all of Nintendo, all of Nintendo and their fun. I mean, I would guess, I mean, I'm not big on picking a best conference because sure. I, don't yeah. know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into them. I think all of them had sh- strong showings of new stuff. It's just, mm-hmm. you don't know how those games are going to come out. Xbox definitely has done a 180 the past two years. So Absolutely. They looked a lot better. The last two conferences have been phenomenal, I think, for Xbox. But, uh, you know, Nintendo is just Nintendo, and they know people love their games, and they're just going to deliver on what people love. So, you know, Link's Awakening looks great. If you you remastered a Game Boy game, and it looks great, and it's going to be awesome. Like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Sign, sign me up. I will say I flipped out for No More Heroes 3 because I own the first two No More Heroes games and I'm all about that. That is the raunchiest game that's connected to Nintendo. It doesn't make sense that they basically are exclusive on Nintendo outside of remaking the games for one game for PS3. Um, but basically that's a Nintendo exclusive and it's super raunchy. So it's a super fun game. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 finally saw. Oh I'm yeah. Quite excited about that. Uh yeah. Gooigi is going to be a hit. Oh, for Put sure. Put him in Smash Brothers now. It will be in Smash Brothers next Gooigi. year. <laughs> Probably just as a trophy. Yeah, I'm... Or maybe not. I'm quite excited about that. Uh, also, like, co-op modes and online stuff, like, sort of semi-competitive co-op where you can do things and up to mm-hmm. eight players, which is awesome for a Switch. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think the co-op mode, just playing the game normally seems really cool. I think that's a great idea. Oh, I'm so excited for couch co-op on Luigi's Mansion. Like I have such fond mm-hmm. memories of playing the first one on GameCube back in the day. Yep. Um, yeah. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing started showing a delayed, lot more. Which sucks. Yeah. Um, but it looks like more awesome goodness. Eight player eight player co-op in that one where your friends can actually build houses in the world, which I guess was not a feature of old animal crossings that were online. So although I am excited, I, they, they said a story or at least uh, I may have just seen on Reddit or something that Nintendo delayed it basically so that they don't have to overwork and churn their workers and their devs. I was like, I 100% okay with that. Take time to not hurt. You know, you're a working. huge problem in the industry. Yeah, so for sure. if anybody wants to downplay that, I'm totally for it as well. Um, then we got the real Avengers game, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. So <laughs> excited about this game. I mean, I know I said that about Luigi's Mansion, but 
Marvel Ultimate Alliance is one of my favorite games from that 360 PS2 PS3 ish era. Yeah. Uh, probably PS3 mm-hmm. era, but I played on 360. Um, and then it was in like licensed limbo forever, and it never came back yeah, out. And, and then it finally it. did two it, or three years ago. Yeah. And way overpriced though. Way overpriced, <laughs> and the controls and stuff were so clunky that, and mm-hmm. at least to my knowledge, it never really got a formal update to fix that. No, uh, no. So I am so pumped for this game. It is a dungeon yeah. crawler with Marvel superheroes. It's an isometric like uh, this is one of my favorite games that I've seen. And you're going to be finding Thanos and his goons. Uh, yeah, it's totally awesome. Um, they briefly talked about Pokemon Sword and Shield. You know, they just did the direct for it. So there wasn't mm-hmm. much more to say other than like, hey, just remember, we're making Pokemon Sword and Shield. Those games will come out and do what they do. Yeah. Um, come out and sell I think a the, million copies. The, yeah. The raid mode that they kind of added with like co-op, like raid bosses kind of yeah. uh, seems seems like a cool idea. Almost taking a page out uh, of like Pokemon Go, building that some yeah. of that stuff out. Yeah. Uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. That's a day one buy for me because if you've never played one of those games, that's a fun party Such game. Such good mini games. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Totally. Um, I saw some people just kind of roll their eyes at it and I'm like, it's, it's okay. It's Mario. It's hey, Nintendo. We're talking about, yeah. they're going to have fun games. It's, like that's the point. <laughs> yeah. Did you forget this is Nintendo? Yeah. Um, and then astral chain, which looks awesome. Um, I'm super intrigued by the, the gameplay of that. Um, not to get confused with the Damon Machina game, which doesn't look very interesting to me, even though they're very similar. If you kind of just watch the trailers back to back. Um, but I think Astral Jane, uh, chain has a little more, um, just, I don't know, care taken into it. It looks very fleshed out. Hmm. Yeah. Um, there were a couple others like, Trails of Mana, uh, I am just sort of unfamiliar with, but seems it looks okay. Just uh, kind of JRPG style that I don't quite know is up yeah. I, and I think that that game is a remake, if I if I or a upgrade or something like that of just the Secret of Mana series. Yeah. Um, so they've had three of those, and then they're all coming to Switch now. Uh, Which are three coming, and then Resident Evil Five and Six coming to Switch. So now they have almost all of the Resident Evil games on Switch. Um, so for for the listeners out there, I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. Don't think I'm going to buy these, though. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, they'll work. They'll look a lot better than Witcher 3 will. Because after looking at Witcher 3, just that small snippet, I was like, ooh, it's very downgraded mm-hmm. graphically. Like, you can tell. And I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't think it's going to be super super fun to to play if you're getting in something with a lot of enemies on screen or something like that yeah so um and then their big announcements go ahead oh you can say that's sort of my only knock on a game uh like marvel ultimate alliance is that it's exclusive to switch and i kind of wish it was on a proper console (laughs) but Mm. that one can probably be handled better than yeah like a huge thing like witcher yeah, I totally agree. Just the art style alone makes it a little less um, heavy on the yeah. system. And this one does look a touch more cell shady than the predecessors. Which is fine. Like, yeah, yeah. Make me a game and in, uh, into the Spider Verse style, and I'm all for Ooh, it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so their big kind of surprises was Smash DLC characters, uh, Dragon Quest, which got nobody hyped, and then Banjo Kazooie, which got everybody the freaked best out. Best reveal! Yeah. I was so happy <laughs> when you see uh, Duck Hunt Dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have been amazing if it was a troll the whole time. I was like, man, really went in there. Oh, they could um, do it. Also, it was a very heartwarming moment when Bowser came on the direct because. Yeah. They had to do it, and it was so funny and perfectly done. I was like, well done. Yeah. And then they, they end with Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel being in development, which I was like, no, duh. I was like, but I guess they don't make like direct sequels a lot um, for Zeldas, which I didn't think about. But I was like, of course, they're making a new one of that. That doesn't make sense not to. Right, the biggest game on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, it, you know, that what what are we thinking? 2021? You oh, know, man. for that yeah, game. Yeah, there will probably so, be some other version least, of a Switch out, like a yeah. Switch 3DS or a Switch Plus or something. Yeah. Yeah, super small Switch. Yeah, so that was rumored for a while before the C3, but right. no hardware was talked about. None of that stuff. You know, the, the rumor has been they're making a cheaper Switch, um, and then they're making a more graphic-intensive uh, Switch. So they're kind of making a skew below the, the regular one and above the regular one. Yeah, almost, which, you know, from my understanding, the rumor is sort of like a more pure handheld and a more pure console. Yeah. So, which I think the normal Switch is fine. It it runs stuff well. And I think if you can run kind of mid-last generation, because I, I would say they can run stuff from... Uh, this generation just downgraded some because um, they have games that look better than what The Witcher looks like on there. Yeah. Um, but then they run last generation fine. And I mean, for what it is, I, I, you know, they're not competing on on the same level with PlayStation and Microsoft because they don't have to. Right. Because they know how to make stuff that's just fun to mess around in. So, which um, they showed just very briefly Mario Maker 2 that comes out at the end of this month. And I'm so excited because <laughs> that game is just playability forever but um yeah yeah i think that wraps up what what i got out of nintendo's conference yeah but between them them and xbox are definitely the the high points but i was very surprised by square um because that's it's usually uncharted territory for square to have a conference and i think they did it because playstation you know uh decided not to have one literally took their spot Yeah, and so they took their spot, and they were like, well, we're just going to say everything that we have, and they had a lot more than I thought they did. Um, But it's my funniest thing about the whole E3 week is the announcements Sony's been doing during the conference and, like, the week leading up to the conferences. They're like, yeah, let's uh, release the Death Stranding date. Um, They released, like, that long Final Fantasy trailer beforehand, Uh Um, you know, and I was just like, they're doing so many interesting things and, like, announcing random stuff um, during uh, the week that I'm like, they probably had enough to make a conference, but since it wouldn't give, you know, the Last of Us release date, people would be mad because they could have held Death Stranding's release date. They announced that last month. They could have waited. And so I think they just realized that they can do the Nintendo direct method because people don't, I mean, people like to get hyped for E3, but really they can just do directs, which people still get hyped for. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, uh, agreed. Although, yeah, the, the death stranding thing that came out was just crazy to see it. Just, I mean, that could have easily been 20, 30 minutes of their conference, but completely agree. Like oh, yeah. they they just, you know, admitted, 
you know everything we have. All of our cards are on the table. We're just waiting for things to finish baking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, from what I got from this E3 is that the first half of 2020, if everything stays in its slot, is going to be outrageous. Um, so crazy to see everything. <laughs> games that are trying to sneak in before the new con- console cycle and mm-hmm. games like The Last of Us and other stuff that are doing what the last one did, which is uh, let's not release it when 20 people have a new console. Let's release it when 20 million have this generation. The old one. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing that and, Rockstar and that always ba- did with GTA. Yeah. And that goes back to the to the thing of you can push these consoles the more you get to know them. Yep. So that's why The Last of Us looks so much different than the first Uncharted. And this Last of Us is going to be even better. So it's kind of that mentality. But yeah. So, I mean, right now, first half of 2020, we're looking at, you know, cyberpunk, um, Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> um, Ori's coming out in that window. Seven remake. Um uh, the seven remakes coming out then. Um, I know there's so many. Watch I don't Dogs. have enough dates in front of me, but yeah, Watch Dogs. Uh, Watch Dogs is coming out in March. Final Fantasy remakes coming out in March. Same week, actually. Animal Crossing. Um, no More Heroes is 2020, but that'll probably be later. But Animal Crossing is also in March. Um, the The word on the street is that Last of Us got delayed and it was supposed to come out close to the end of this year but it's pushed back to spring of 2020 um so it's just like wow like there's going to be a ton of big named games coming out in probably a three to four month period it's going to be great for us especially with all the hype that'll be coming around the pike with new consoles um but yeah i want to get your like top three to five to whatever games of show and some of your takeaways but uh before i do that i also um I went back and watched some of the a, a little bit of the E3 coverage from 10 years ago, 2009, oh, just to see the differences. <laughs> I'm curious if you can think of any games that would have been on stage in 2009. Um, 2009. Um, so ago. that was a year after the PlayStation 3 hit. Um, so what would have been coming Boy, out? Boy, that's then? crazy to think about. That was like beginning of a whole other mm-hmm. console cycle. Yeah. Um, I will say their talks, one of my biggest takeaways from 10 years ago is this was clearly, uh, more of a business to business to, so this was not as consumer focused because there was a lot of oh, talk no. about trends and NPD numbers. Mm-hmm. And you can clearly see we've grown 150% in our PlayStation Live service or PlayStation PSN yeah. service and talking about a lot and more so numbers if you, and growth. If you go back even further than that, it was even more that way. And companies like, uh, I think I was watching Inside Gaming and they were talking about like, you know, they were trying to broker deals with retail shops to get inside of like a Sears. Right. <laughs> so they had to talk about their numbers and what games and like why this is going to. So yeah, it just totally focused to customer appeal once they re- realized video games are big enough to just have all, they don't have to appeal to stores anymore. So crazy Walmart's how. Gonna carry yeah. them, it's going to be so fun. crazy how just the, it, the internet and live streaming and Twitch and everything like that and just having these 
these direct to consumer are now there's such a hype train and even with like Apple and other things too like keynotes are such a big deal for consumers and are something they get excited about um, I, I love seeing you know it's like people especially last year once E3 became semi-public a lot of journalists mm-hmm. complained a lot and oh yeah they did which you know sucks because they're but it's the only way the conference can stay alive so I, for sure <laughs> but in you know too it's cr- like you know to everyone's credit like it was clearly not set up as properly as it should have been and they're you know mm-hmm. missed a lot of things just in how many people are going to be there but uh you know this is a consumer conference now like well, journalists and well, getting it, it out to to sears and kb toys doesn't exist anymore yeah that's an interesting point but it's not it's not true from their perspective so um uh, again i'm gonna give credit to inside gaming when talking about this they were they were going into the numbers of e3 mm-hmm. and there was a point in the past 10 years where e3 decided to go to a smaller venue um and invite less journalists mm. and things like that so their numbers actually went from seventy thousand the year before which i want to say was like maybe 2012 2013 ish and then they did it at a smaller venue in like santa monica or somewhere like this mm-hmm. and it went down to like twenty thousand people well last year's got to seventy thousand. so really they didn't have more people than they did when they were at their peak in the early 2010s and so the journalists complaining i'm like they're just complaining because consumers are in there and they're like well i'm trying to do my Crowded job and it's like lines, you get, yeah you you get closed door stuff. You're not waiting in lines. You have time slots. You pick. You can jump the line for and, any of those. And it's like, yeah. your job is to get news in front of consumers. Like how, how Which, can you bash consumers for being excited yeah. about something they love so much? Yep. I totally agree. So I got, I got two games I'm going to go right. with. Uh, one, one's out on the limb. One I feel pretty good about 2009 PlayStation talked about infamous uh maybe i actually don't have that one written down <laughs> i Ooh, i had this I, I had to scrub through a few of these yeah no that's fine i i assume they may have talked about it i would be willing to bet um for the for the first also, time. also i want a and follow-up then, to infamous or infamous second son really bad yeah that'd be great but we they're making ghost of tsushima which probably won't come out till holiday of next year or on the next console yeah. maybe i don't know um, and then for Xbox, I'm going to take a wild stab at Two Human. Uh, also one I don't have on the list. Again, I had to run <laughs> through can't. things. Uh, this is not indicative. <laughs> it could totally be true. Uh, the games as I went through them. Uh, again, there were a lot of talk about numbers and MPD stuff. Um, but we had Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, Batman Arkham okay. Asylum, Mass Effect 2, Splinter Cell Conviction, uh, Super Mario Brothers Wii, Wii Fit Plus, Perfect. Metroid Other M, uh, the PlayStation Move controllers, and Uncharted Two were the pick up the takeaways that I saw. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's so, it was just so crazy that like those games don't feel that long ago, and I would have assumed E3 2009 would just like I feel like it would have felt like it was in a cave or something. How far we've progressed, right. but really like. That's but only not, a game or yeah. two away from every game that we have now. Like Uncharted is mm-hmm. at four. Granted, that was three or four years ago. Yeah. Mass Effect was at well three, and then Andromeda. So like, it's not as big of a leap as I would have thought. But um, no. you know, and, and again, these games are phenomenal. Like some of these games are still played today. So yeah, uh, interesting um, stuff. 
So I was way off. Two human. Well, I wasn't way off. Two human came out two thousand and eight. Okay, but that was that was a game I remember getting so hyped up, and then people played it. I was like, "This is garbage! Yeah. What a terrible game!" But it actually just got announced as being part of Game Pass. No, backwards compatibility. Nice. It's not on Game yeah. Pass, but it's backwards compatible. Um, which I played it. It's it. It was fine. Uh, and then Infamous came out on um, June, May twenty sixth of two thousand and nine. Okay, so very likely. They did talk Probably, about that yeah. game, I would assume. Nice. But yeah, I mean, yeah, so... It's just funny I how mean, those games... 10 years ago, again, like like I sort of just said, like, it, these games are still awesome. Like, I... The leap in games is so, so huge, but yet, like, you know, it's still the same stuff you know and love. So I'm interested what mm-hmm. the next 10 years looks like and how many new IPs and different stuff we get. What's the new Battle Royale? So I would say this console generation is going to be known for being like it. And it's not going to be as much in the console space. It's just like overall battle royales came out when PS4 and Xbox one were out. And then what's going to be the iteration on that going forward? To me, the um, number one biggest thing from this generation has been Twitch and live streaming. I think it's fundamentally changed games in a lot of ways. It's definitely changed. Some, sometimes the type of games are popular. I don't think the BR thing would be as popular if it wasn't for that but yeah i i early on in the generation i thought the new thing was going to be asymmetrical games so the Evolve. evolves and the mm-hmm. dead dead by daylight which dead by daylight is very big for what it is um which that got announced to be coming out on switch which i thought was great yes. <laughs> but uh so yeah that like those games i was like oh okay we're gonna get these different type of multiplayer games and then br battle royales came out and i was like oh nope not even close this is definitely the new thing so nice but uh, as well as online services of just games as service is now the thing now and games as services yeah i'm still waiting for uh an actually good mmo fps i will say this all the time this is like my gripe that you know destiny and what they now call looter shooters i'm like why don't you make an fps mmo like can you not have thousands of guns and thousands of armor sets like i don't understand yeah but i'll Uh, I'll digress the the bungee devs have started making a point of calling it an mmo at this point and they said basically because yeah we all we all know we tried to hide away from that at some point calling it like an action rpg or a shooter rpg or something like that but it's like it's you know but uh, it's still not you know it's still not what i I think a true mmo would be (laughs) Yeah, because the reason I'm like, you shouldn't compare, like, they shouldn't say that is because, like, if I start talking about ESO and WoW, the content difference is just so vast. 100%. Like, I mean, you you have expansion packs that come out to ESO with new player classes. Destiny has had four expansions, if you count, between both games. Maybe five. Something like that, yeah. And they st- still, they released a whole sequel and they didn't give a new class. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> Well, now what they're unshackled from Activision, so you know, I, and we'll see if that actually made a difference or not. I think it'll still be another year or two before we see that, but uh, before we yeah. see it, yeah. So, uh, do you have some kind of picks, uh, stars of the show, or some most excited about? So, I have my most surprise was Blair Witch. Yeah, that game caught me off guard. Who in? 2019 i'm getting a game based in 1996 right. <laughs> like was not ready for that totally excited um 
but I mean, games, obviously cyberpunk's going to be awesome. Um, I want to play the outer worlds. I've been pretty yeah. kind of dark on that. Ghostwire Tokyo, um, is right up my alley. Um, but yeah, I think, I think mostly just because Blair Witch is so close as with release dates, it's coming out on eight thirty, So August 30th, mm-hmm. um, that's the one I'm probably most excited about that I didn't already know was coming. Uh, you know, most of the stuff in Nintendo's press conference we knew was coming outside of maybe Zelda breath of the wild sequel and Mario and Sonic, everything else we knew kind of was coming. Xbox showed a ton of games and a lot of them look good, but we knew gears five and the new halo was going to be talked about. So nothing there, uh, really more of the services was what got me, you know, Stadia's price point, the games pass, which I bought immediately um, after the show and started downloading stuff, um, depending on what Yubi brings. Um, uh, their service might be something I get into, but yeah. So I would say most surprised was Blair Witch, and then the game I didn't think I cared about until I saw it was Watch Dogs 3, and so I'm, in, I'm into yeah, that. So I'll give it to those two. And then Cyberpunk, I'm basically staying quiet on. I'd like... When they start showing the trailer, I'm like, I don't, I don't care to watch this because I'm in. Right. I, I just want to go play this. Like, yeah, it's it's game of show. Got it. Like, next. oh, but yeah, by far. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. Again, even though so, I, I have started getting really into single player games again, like God of War, Spider Man, basically all the PlayStation mm-hmm. ones. Um, yeah. So I, I do think I'm going to enjoy Cyberpunk. I love the it's weird with cyberpunk. Like I love the net runner kind of thing, like the tackling the corporations, the doing the hacking kind of stuff. Like I love that motif. Uh, I don't care much about the like artificially, like, you know, uh, augmenting yourself and like, you know, some of that stuff I don't care quite as much. So it, it's kind of an interesting balance, but um, cyberpunk is definitely up there uh, for me. Boulder's gate was probably the biggest surprise for me. Like was the one I did not know was going to be coming. Although I think it was sort of leaked at last second. Yeah. Last yeah. second. Yeah. Which always sucks. Um, and then Marvel ultimate Alliance three. I'm super jazzed on. Um, and then kind of like what you said, the game that I didn't think I wanted until I saw it is probably final fantasy seven remake. Um, nice. I actually think I'm going to really enjoy that. And I'm ready to jump on that one. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, the other Avengers game, uh, Crystal Dynamics, although I think that needs to be wait to be seen. Like, I, I don't know if I'm bought all into that, but uh, certainly no better time to be excited about some Marvel stuff. And then... Yeah. Uh, and I mean... Oh, and that's why we have reviews yep. and you can, that's, uh, I got into an argument with somebody a couple of days ago about that, of you being mad at companies for releasing games and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, you can wait and watch people on <laughs> Twitch play it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like you, d- I mean, if you want to be part of the conversation, buying it the next week is not going to hurt you. Like you'll be in the conversation yeah. still. So, yeah, and then my just, uh, super, super dark horse is flight simulator. <laughs> flight sim for if the they win. have a good sort of easy mode where you just chill out like that would be my again like my end of the night just chilling out like instead of playing steep or something like that just like go hang out or like go if i'm gonna go travel somewhere i'm gonna go visit that place <laughs> flight simming yeah. first so i'm weirdly excited about that um and then yeah i have a couple big takeaways uh, mostly like you already mentioned games as a service across the board um is obviously going to be one of the big stalwarts in the next generation. 
I think everybody's going to do it. I'm actually curious. I'm going to ask you, I have a question. Uh, do you think Nintendo starts a streaming service, a pure five, 10 bucks a month, whatever, get everything? No, I just don't. I don't think they're built that way. They've, they've released their leash a little bit on streaming their games mm-hmm. or putting their games on YouTube, but they are not that company. And I don't think they will be that company because they get, they get buy rates. Like they don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Like they can be very confident that Kirby will sell just enough to be, to be able to be pushed yeah. on for Mario Odyssey forward. and Breath of the Wild are still $50, $60 games to this day. Well, and Nintendo, that's part of Nintendo strategy. Their, their games do not go down in price. Yeah. Like that's just not how they work. And it works so well that, um, I tried to, I've been trying to buy Mario party on GameCube for a while or Mario sunshine. And they're still $34 <laughs> like Mario games do not go down in price and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, sorry, not, not happening. I agree. I think um, the switch also probably just is not going to handle streaming to that caliber, but I yeah. am slightly curious if there was a dark horse in there somewhere, it might be that, uh stadia or a game pass or something might be able to be streamable onto the switch but that would be that would be crazy that'd be pretty pie in the sky yeah that would be um so my curveball question to you is halo infinity is it called infinity because it's a games and service (laughs) it's infinite right is it yeah it's infinite so they don't have to ever release another sequel because they're just going to release halo content updates Again, that gets back to my my point. One of my big predictions is that like games will just be called their moniker unless it's like, I mean, God of War is kind of a weird one because that was a full reboot. But like, you know, you'll see Spider-Man 2, you'll see like single player games sort of get true sequels. But all of these games as a service, which I think Halo is going to become, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be willing to bet Halo, you know, it might have a huge... Again, it's sort of splitting hairs because Halo Infinite is going to be a true sequel, but also technically mm-hmm. is sort of a retelling, but it's different. But like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Halo Infinite lasts the entire console cycle of Project Scarlet, uh, has more of like a 10 year roadmap and just gets constant updates on both the multiplayer and uh, story expansions. I don't, I don't think story expansions are that bad of a way to go. Um, and then, yeah, sort of another takeaway, like we've already said, Stadia, um, X cloud, all that sort of stuff. Um, I, and then, you know, a couple of weeks ago we heard the big stuff, which to me wasn't that big a deal that PlayStation and Microsoft have kind of an informal agreement. Uh, again, the enterprise about streaming games. Yeah, the yeah. enterprise level is such a different thing. This has nothing to do with PlayStation games being able to be played on Xbox or vice versa or whatever. This is the same reason Netflix uses Amazon's AWS to run all their stuff. You know, it's like yeah, competitors work. Most games have Epic's Unreal Engine yep. to make their right. games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the enterprise level of things is totally different, but it is a sign to me that. Uh, PlayStation Now, which I recently tried out again, uh, is still kind of trash. <laughs> it is still really hard to connect to stuff and you still get booted out of games. Like I'll still play something and it's just like in 30 seconds, you're going to be booted out of a game. It's like, all right, nothing I can do. It's just going to run its laps. It's not going to reconnect itself. 
Um, huh. PlayStation Now is still a real sore spot for Sony, and I think they're seeing now that they could be really far behind in the next five, ten years uh, from a streaming service thing. So they, and I'm, again, I think they have some of the best uh, IP, some of the best exclusives on the market. Um, and, but I think you know that might buy them a few more years and the next few generations of games but that's not going to propel the entire console in the next you know that's not going to make playstation the name it needs to be 10 years from now yeah and i think that's i've had a problem with this for the past couple of console cycles is because when playstation uh when playstation 4 and xbox one came out the the thing was our console games dead like when they were going up to that point they were that was the narrative mm-hmm. and now the narrative coming up to this next generation is absolutely is this the last console like are these just going to be the boxes that we buy now and then we stream everything and i'm just like i think you're you're it's still missing the mark yeah. like it's people like buying these consoles casual people don't like that's cool that if you make that the last console but a lot of people aren't don't have the capacity to download what you're needing them to download to play these things. So I'm just like, it's not, it's not as far as like people that live in a Metro like me or you can look at and be like, Oh, well that's the normal. Cause it's not the normal for the majority. Like I think people still think the majority are big cities and stuff like that, but they're, they're not when you look at total population yeah. size. So yeah, I think the best uh, thing it's, either it's company does is continues to create a lot of choice and let you go back to mm-hmm. whatever console makes the most sense or whatever platform, but providing all of them is still a, you know, the way to go. Yeah. Cause my, my last thing on this is 4k updates are ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, when Xbox one X came out, they uh, released an update update to the uh, newest Forza game at that mm-hmm. point. Um, oh yeah, Forza and, it was and uh, Lego <laughs> Lego car racing. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, that was funny. Um, but yeah, so they released an update to the Forza game to up, update all the graphics to 4K if you had a 4K mm-hmm. TV, and the download was a hundred gigs for that 4K visual update. And I was like, yeah, yeah we ain't there. We're not ready for this. I'm, Nobody's built yeah, for this. I'm really curious <laughs> how both of these consoles sell, knowing that they both want to be completely SSD or um, I what's it mm-hmm. called IEE two or whatever it is. The even more streamlined yeah. um, SSD when ssd is expensive like it's still it's getting lower in price but like i you know i have a day or not necessarily a day one but a month one or whatever uh ps4 that i still have that's 250 gigs or 500 gigs and i constantly have to remove stuff all the time because destiny's 80 gigs you know whatever call of duty i had for a couple months is 80 gigs you know it's like they take up yeah. so much space and yeah, 4k graphics rendering and stuff like that is, is going to mm-hmm. be brutal. Yeah. I had the same problem. So, uh, we have that problem on my original day one PS4, um, where we have to delete stuff. But I mean, I have a terabyte PS, uh, pro mm-hmm. and I have a four terabyte external hard drive connected to it. Cause like me being an early adopter of everything, it like, I don't have room for anything with a one terabyte hard drive, but you know, I jump back to games all the time. So it, you know, that, that type of space is just, it's crazy how much 4k is demanding on size. So, and data caps, which is a whole nother thing. 
Um, yeah. I, a throttling. Yeah. Oh goodness. When, when these companies start getting into bed with the data centers and, uh, they're like, yeah, Comcast doesn't like us anymore. So they're throttling our service. Sorry. You know, like (laughs) you can do, which we know long-term data companies are going to ease up. ISPs are going to continue to offer more and more stuff because consumers are going to demand it, but that's not going to be without some road bumps in, in the, in the way. Um, so I have one final question. Uh, it's a weird prediction question. Uh, so the Switch came out in like March of its year. It did really well because it sold well. And by the time the holidays hit, it was still like the number one thing to get, um, which I think it did really well because when consoles release like in November, uh, there's always a shortage of supply. And we know that Xbox has announced their stuff essentially saying it'll come out next holiday and at E3 next year, they're going to show the bulk of all their stuff. PlayStation has a chance with GDC and PSX and any other directs they have. Do you think there's any chance that they completely after seeing Xbox, like try to get a console out in somewhere between March and June before E3 next year? No, absolutely not. Um, I think both of them, well, I can say this, but it's not true, um, that they've learned from other people's past mistakes and rushing never works because look at how hard the Dreamcast fell when it rushed to be a year ahead of both of the other ones. So I would think they would, they'd learn from that mistake, but I don't know. Both of these consoles released, um, in November, um, the, the previous generations both released in November. So I think they'll just stay with that because they know that's kind of proven. And, um, I, I really don't think outside of the way people spend money that they're, they're not really worried about the day it comes out. Cause I don't think holiday sales are going to push it to be bought in more or less. Like they're going to be out if they release it in April or if they release it in November, like, I think more um, the argument but, but, for an early release is that it eases up like can, uh, supply constraints happen whenever it's first launched, but then ease up by the time it's a holiday. So you don't have that kind of double whammy, which we've seen, you know, makes consoles harder to buy. Although, you know, with online prevalence yeah. and stuff, it's a little easier now uh, than it used to be. And I would s- I would say they they know, though, by releasing in November that they get free marketing from um, the news, since the news always covers what's hot this holiday season, yeah. absolutely free for them that when they release in that month, they know that they're going to get the coverage from other outlets that they don't have to spend marketing yeah. on. So no, that's a fair point. I'm just curious with PlayStation still having PSX and a couple other things up their sleeve. If there's a little bit of a quiet period, but they're like, you know, scheming a little bit more i i do wonder if we at least hear some news they talked about their console first that's true but that wasn't quite the same but i don't i don't think scarlet really gave much information away either they're both like "Mm, here here's i have i have a two do you have a two go fish okay (laughs) like they're they're not pulling out any type of big because half the time people start freaking out about what the box looks like. So I'm like, oh my God. Right. Like, 
It's it's a black box that sits on your t- t- media console. Get yeah. over it. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I think there's enough gamesmanship between the two of them that are just like, we know we're going to go at this at the same time. Um, and yeah, they're both going to hold their cards as long as possible, which basically means E3 next year. But I, I'm really curious if one of them tries to start kind of serping the other one and see if they get like a little bit of a leverage hold. Well, I, I know, especially that's why I'm like, what happened? Does PlayStation come back to E3 next year since there's going to be hardware on the line? No, oh, 100%. And if if they do that, do they get their normal slot back? And then they go, oh, the Xbox is releasing on the 13th of November. We're coming out on the 12th. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's where I see it coming from. Yeah, because so. you have to assume, even if they don't know each other's price, that they're probably going to be even. I mean, God, can you imagine mm-hmm. again if if there's another hundred dollar price difference between the two? I mean, I you said four ninety nine earlier, and I just I still even in this good economy climate right now, which we don't know what next year November is going to look like, but I still think four hundred is the magic number. I, do I too. just think people people think that's right it sounds good playstation is the company Um, that said this will be 6.99 you can get a second job if you need it yeah well they learned from that mistake (laughs) so uh and they ended up figuring out like even though they did make that mistake with the console they caught up in sales because they stuck with software um and like first party titles and stuff like that but yeah i think they've you know, you want to hope they learned that lesson, but they're also pretty cocky now because this this console's doing so great. Yeah, they have not been playing wise. super nice with other cross saves and all that yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah, which which I understand with a little bit of that. Like when Minecraft first went that way, like to get on the Minecraft crossplay servers, you had to sign into Xbox since Microsoft owns them, and like Sony was like, uh, right. "No, and we sign into Xbox on our PlayStation." But yeah, yeah I, I mean, kind of the the rumor right now is that there's at least two SKUs of Project Scarlet. There's Anaconda and some something else. I think of the code names. Mm-hmm. So you might get a. I agree. I think there has to be something starting at three ninety nine. Uh, my gut probably says that the there's a Scarlet Super Pro X whatever that has you know a terabyte plus of SSD. And everything else, it's probably five ninety nine. And I'm curious mm-hmm. if uh, if PlayStation has one console or not. I feel like it would lean more in their favor to have one. But if they have one and they meet in the middle and they're four ninety nine, are they going to shoot themselves in the foot or not? I don't know. I feel like that worked against Xbox last generation being four ninety nine. Yeah. Well, so that that had more it, to do with. I mean, the price, you know, the pure price difference was a big deal, but the bad messaging behind their console played a big part of that. But if I mean, it was everything. It was a perfect yeah. storm of but if, <laughs> bad. If release. Scarlet comes out and says starting at three ninety nine plus six months of Game Pass plus you know whatever, like you get Halo Day One just by having the console, and then PlayStation Five announces. Even at three ninety nine, uh, without something like it'll be tough. I, you know, I, I can see where Xbox can really break ahead with all of their services, and I'm really curious what PlayStation's able to provide uh, in the next 
12 months or so and what they start to rumor or leak uh, at these big events that they're a part of still. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I'm a, I'm definitely excited for a PSX this year since last year didn't have one. So that'll be it'll be cool. 